Hello everybody, this is your main man, creator of the pod, Headhunter Sanford on the mic, and welcome to an episode 5 of the 31 Outlet Podcast. We talked about the NBA early season awards, we talked about the inauguration and the entrance of the new president, Joe Biden, and the vice president, Kamala Harris. <clears throat> we talked about the 90s a bit, we had a little bit of a versus talking, kind of comparing this artist and that artist. We had a little bit of, you know, Washington Wizards talk, trade bill talk, and then we had the, what do you bring to the table talk? So, I really hope that, you know, you enjoy, and thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate everybody that gives the continued support. Stay humble, stay safe, show up. Okay, we're recording. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five of the 301 Outlet Podcast. I'm here with the usual crew, and we're ready to give you a lot today. First off, one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> man. Lead the fifth. Lead ah. the fifth, man. Shout out to Appreciate- Kamala. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a new era in America, people. We got the new president in the building, new VP in the building, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Man, talk about a new era, bro. Yeah. And I told y'all it was going to go smoothly. Ain't nothing was going to pop off. Oh, no. Best believe, after they beefed the security, man, I was like, ain't nobody about to try nothing. Ain't nobody about to. They, they not about to do it. Honestly, that's what I felt. But there, there was like a one little part of me that felt like they were still going to try something anyway, I'm relieved that nothing happened. I'm just like, I've seen too much scandal for something to not happen, but. Yeah, so now that the new powers to be are in place, what do you guys think is going to happen next? Well, I feel like next I feel like next Biden's going to he's going to spend a lot of time undoing all the mess that Trump put on us the last four years. But I feel like among the first things he's going to do is try to get rid of this pandemic. Because, I mean, dude had a um, pandemic plan that he that he made up with Obama, that he wrote, wrote up with Obama. He said he made up a plan and left it for Trump. And I already know he's been in that building before. He know exactly where he left it. So he's going to pick it up and keep it moving like nothing happened. I mean, can't say nothing happened, but, like, he's going to move it. Like, he, he's going to keep it moving. Yeah, I'm reading an article now from CNN that's talking about how hours <laughs> after Biden was inaugurated, he signed 17 executive actions to begin overhauling the, the nation's approach to the coronavirus pandemic and to undo some of the most controversial policies of former President Donald Trump. This was written by Maeve Reston from CNN. Yeah, and I feel like on Twitter, a lot of people are talking about like, oh, we're about to go into... We're gonna go into another shutdown. Honestly, at this point, at this stage, I don't think it's gonna be like a full-on shutdown. At least not like we saw in March, because we do have a vaccine that's currently circulating. And and I feel like if that works, like if this one works, we don't really need to shut down like that. We just need to 
focus on mass producing, not mass. I want to say it like that, but like making more of the vaccine so it's available to everybody. Right. So that's why I don't feel like we need a shutdown at this point. Right. Yeah. With the shutdown, I don't think it would truly accomplish what Biden wants to accomplish and also be the betterment of America. Because think about it. Like I said, it's 24.3 million cases right now, 402,000 deaths. It's like, what would a shutdown do at this point? And plus, the economy is crippled. People are losing their home, people losing their jobs. It's it's a lot going on, and it's kind of at the point now. You know, we have we have two strains of the vaccine out. We have another one that's coming out that they're trying to develop and test. So it's just like at this point, just swing with the punt. Just swing with what you got. You know, limit limit capacities, limit people in public areas. You know, just just have it to be. You know, you don't leave the house if you got to. You know, if you work like. Most of us are. Most of us are essential workers. You know, like me, I'm a delivery driver. Darian works at the post office. Mark works at retail. So it's just like, yeah, if you know you're a essential worker, you have to go out. You know, you know what you got to do. Wear a mask. Keep your hands clean. Social distance. You know, yeah. If we do that, I'm telling you guys, COVID will be done with by the time summer comes. We would have at least beat this thing. It but at better least be. be in the park. Oh no! Be, oh no! It, it, it no, better no, 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 be. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, go These ahead. Schools go ahead. already cost me one birthday. I'll be damned if they cost me another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. But, 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 but. I understand. My, I'm already going to see somebody regardless of COVID or not. So it's just like, hey, I don't care. <laughs> like, they, they already ruined one summer. I'll be damned if they ruined another. I'm not going. That like energy that. right there. Straight up, straight up, straight up. But. Oh, then this man Mark is not around, but that's cool. We'll start on something chill. Oh, All and right. also, also, shout out yeah, to ahead, Kamala Harris. First female vice president, first black vice president, first Asian vice president, and the first vice president to attend an HBCU. Shout out to Howard University. Oh, the yeah, Showtime definitely. The real respect. Showtime was exquisite today. Shout out. Shout out to Showtime, the band at Howard University. Y'all, oh, yeah, that all the other great. HBCU bands, y'all are killing. Man, it's crazy how we think about it. We're in the year 2021. Over the past 15 years, we've made history in this country so many things. One, first black African-American president. Now we have the first female vice president. And then we had also the first true billionaire as a president. You know, Donald Trump was him multi-billion dollar man before he hit the office. He didn't even take a pension when he hit president. So it was just like, we're just breaking barriers each time. And honestly, I'm looking forward to the day where we have a female president. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be truly something. Maybe we're going to be old as dirt <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> Maybe we'll be, you know, have whole families and stuff. You never know. You know, life is unpredictable. Right? I'm looking forward to more. Be like, hey, listen, man, we got the first man and the first lady running the country. That's going to be lit. But do you guys have anything to add before we move on? Um, I think we're moving in a direction to where there will be a new female president sooner than later. Um, more so because 
I don't know what happened in 2016. Maybe, maybe Trump did. Well, that's not a maybe. He did do this. Trump did in 2016 what Biden did this year, which is he got people that usually don't vote to come out and vote. And that's why we don't have a female, we haven't had a female president because Hillary, really Hillary should have won in 2016, but Hillary lost the same way Donald Trump lost. Well, no, because Donald didn't win the popular vote either, but it was around the same way. But I think that this country is too progressive. Um, women are starting to get in, more women are starting to get into positions of power to, to take these high political office positions. Um, and it kind of started with, I feel like it, it, it really kind of started in this generation with Sarah Palin when I think it was John McCain had her had her as his uh, VP nominee. And then with Hillary getting this close to becoming to becoming president. And now you know with Kamala is now the first female vice president. So the the next the next domino to fall is president. So we'll see. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Definitely. I think we're truly entering a new era. I just, I don't know. I feel like a shift of change has happened. So let's see what occurs. Let's see how, not even just the first 100 days of presidency. Let's just see how this term goes because, man, the mess they have to fix and the things they have to set for to push America back on the right track is a lot, you know. I'm not giving them a reprieve and say, oh, this is a reason for them to slack. But I'm kind of giving the face like, give them time. We might not even get out this funk, even if Joe Biden runs again. Like, it's going to take a while to solve and fix the issues that Donald Trump has enabled in the past four years. But it's cool. Let's see what happens. Let's sit back and see things. All right. NBA season is fully swing through. I think every team has played at least 12, 13 games. What are you guys' early award predictions? And we're going to start with the six men of the year. Six men of the year. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Hold on, let me. Yeah, I'm trying to think right now. See, this is why I wrote notes before. <laughs> I will have like a whole page of just scattered notes. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I should do that next time because there's been a whole bunch of like good dudes off the bench. Yeah, I'm most definitely gonna do that next time. I got a surprise for today. You probably gonna like this one. I'm thinking honestly, it's gonna be um your boy Jordan Clarkson. 
of the Utah Jazz, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 yeah, that's solid. He's, he's he's averaging like twenty, like twenty and a half points over. Yeah, the last he's like, games. yeah, he's like the second second leading scorer, I think, too, coming off the bench. He's like twenty points off yeah, the bench, efficient and, and, shooter. He's been killing the game, man. Yeah, and if we talking, if we talking six men, he probably not going to win. But shout out to Rudy Gay for rocking a Bowie State sweater the other day. Bowie State sweater the other yeah, day, was lit. coming off the bench and hitting five threes. I saw, I saw that box score and I was going crazy. But you see, that's what the real black and gold does for you. There's there's many imitators, but there's only one real black and gold, and that is Bowie State that. University. Yeah, yeah, Mike, you came back at a very good time. We're talking about yeah, yeah, um, early yeah, Mark, I was just NBA award about, predictions. I was just oh. talking about Rudy <clears throat> rocking the Bowie State sweater and, and hitting five threes. Um, I know that he's probably not gonna. Oh, but, uh, let me get in my airpods. He uh, cause he, you know, he just got hurt. Um, Karis was hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if Karis LeVert stayed healthy, he would have been he would have been a good option, especially with the Nets getting as much attention as they as they are right now. Well, well, well. I mean, I mean, not really. That's not nothing. That's not that's my bad. My bad. The Pacers. Um, the Pacers. That's what I meant to say. But I actually think he would probably start in uh, Indiana. They probably make him a starter. Well, he's out indefinitely. That's the second thing about that. But also, um. Another person in the Nets that they stay healthy, Spencer did really probably would be he probably would have won it, honestly. He was playing very good off the bench. Like he was averaging like what like I think 16, 17 off the bench. He was basically the lead ball handler. You know, he was doing the Spencer Dibley thing. We know what that boy would do. That boy nice with the J, solid defensively, can lead your offense coming off the bench. Can even start actually. And he's big enough where he can he's a combo guy. He can run the run of the two. Is Melo oh, is Melo starting or is he still coming off the bench? They started to give him. They started him uh, the other day alongside Devontae. Okay, he was the two guard. Okay. Also, speak a good thing in transition. Let's go into rookie of the year. I think it's honestly only two people. It's Lamelo and what the heck? It's Lamelo and what the hell? I forget this man's name. James Wiseman. James Wiseman, there you go. Thank you. Well, how well Halliburton is up there. However, however, it looks like Lamelo because in all the rookie rankings and points, rebounds, and assists, Lamelo is in the top. Lamelo Lamelo is leading, and I want to say I'm trying to pull it up. Lamelo is leading in uh, I think it's points and assists, and he's second in rebounds amongst rookies. So that's, I think Lamelo's probably going to win it because he's going to get the most opportunity. James Wiseman's definitely going to get a minutes because you know he's the only true legit five. But also he's learning the game a lot at the same time because James Wiseman's really only played before hitting the NBA. He only played three games of collegiate ball, and then the whole situation with him, you know, at Memphis happened. He ended up not even playing for the rest of the season. He was just training, so he's really kind of this. Going to the fire, throwing to the wolves, and just learning the game as he's playing, you know. And he has a great coach, you know, with Steve Kerr there, and also great on the court coach with Draymond Green. Draymond Green is one of the best IQ minds in basketball because he can predict plays before they even happen. He's, in my opinion, Draymond Green is top five 
when it comes to IQ in the game. So it's definitely between those two, and I can see it happening either way. I look at Lamelo, and I just see somebody like I look at him, and I'm just like, he is Lonzo in his rookie year. If Lonzo was more aggressive when it came to scoring, that is literally what Lamelo is. And that's the biggest difference between the two because the problem with Lonzo, his his aggressiveness kind of goes up and down. Well, Lamelo, he is going out there to score, going out there to play. He's a very aggressive player. Like you can see that he's going out there to drop buckets, to get people, get dimes, to be aggressive offensively, and is even putting a little bit of effort on the defensive end. You know, before we started the show, I was leaning toward James Wiseman. But now I think I'm going to take a dark horse in Tyrese Halliburton because I'm saying that Halliburton's averaging about 12 points a game. And apparently he is the most efficient rookie in the league right now. According to Hollinger Stats player efficiency ranking, Tyrese Halliburton is the top, is the most efficient. The next two down are LaMelo Ball and Xavier Tillman of Memphis. Yeah, Tyrese is a good sleeper pick, 100%. He's been hooping this season. So, LaMelo leads rookies in rebounds and assists with 6.8 rebounds and uh, 6.1 assists, and he's second to Anthony Edwards with with 11.8 points per game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. And the thing is, Anthony Edwards could win it. Because out of everyone, he's probably going to be the one that takes the most shots. But I just don't see, because the thing is, with Minnesota, he's not going to have the same opportunity that LaMelo and James Wiseman has. And the Edwards, at best, is going to be the third scoring option behind two offensively dominant players in Carnegie Town. Well, Carnegie Town is out right now. Dude, having COVID, prayers up, because especially with him, his family has been hurt badly by COVID. He lost his mom. He lost a few other family members. So prayers up to Carly Towns for him to get better. Yeah, definitely. That, that is just crazy, man. Like, he's had probably one of the craziest 2020s I can imagine. But honestly, man, can't catch a break from COVID. It's kind of sad. Really it's is. like, but, I don't know. Yeah, Minnesota, I don't know if Anthony Edwards is going to get all the opportunity that James Wiseman and LaMelo will get because – they're both in great positions to put up a lot of stats. But Tyrese Halliburton is a strong third pick. And I do like Tyrese Halliburton's game. He has a smooth jumper, just a smooth game overall. He's definitely going to be a bucket player next to De'Aaron Fox. All right. And, and I, honestly, I just feel like it's crazy how the number one overall pick is not anywhere near the center of the rookie of the year conversation. And it's even crazier that it's for good reason. Because Anthony, because Minnesota's just not a good fit for Anthony Edwards. That's why he didn't want to go there. In Minnesota, I don't know. They just have this have really a bad front office, honestly. This bad management overall. It's really not a good marketplace for any like really big name or any uh big rookie to come in, honestly. That's why the Temple has been struggling for so many years and never really had success. Just like Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett is really like the best player of all time. They just can't seem to keep their talent, and you know, in the city, it's kind of sad if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves for a reason. 
and my stance will not change until they change their attitude. <laughs> Honestly. Like, literally, Jimmy Butler, like, bullied his way out of Minnesota. It's so funny. Like, really made play- players cry. It's some ridiculous. Jimmy Butler went to Minnesota. It's like, the hell? <laughs> oh, the man. thing about... The, the thing about Jimmy and Minnesota... I mean, if you hear about the things that Jimmy... That apparently Jimmy did... Like the stuff that I heard that he legit did that didn't really get out into mainstream media. Like, it's pretty wild. Like, it's actually really, really wild. And to your point, Mark, like, the the Timberwolves never really went. Now, unfortunately, when Kevin Garnett was was with was with Minnesota. Unfortunately, there were two juggernauts in the Western Conference in the Lakers and the Spurs. No one was getting past past them unless your name is Dirk Nowitzki. And you had like that one, those two good years, you know, where they just were unbeatable. Now, I won't say unbeatable, but when they just ran through the Western Conference. But... But also, like, they just don't, you know, as you said, like, they just don't build around their star players. That's why Randy Moss left. Stephon Diggs left. That's why Kevin Garnett left. Kevin Love left. You know? So, and... And eventually, you know, Cat's going to leave. I actually think Minnesota has a fairly good squad. But that's just me. They have talent. It's not like they're not talented, man. It's just the fact that they're just not a winning franchise. And they don't have really any winning players on the team. Like, let, let's be honest. Like, let's, let's think about Minnesota's roster before we go on to the next award prediction. They have a bunch of young talent bunch of proven talent and vets that are not going to lead to winning. The only true good vet they have is Ricky Rubio, but he's been there before. So <laughs> it's like Minnesota, in order for them to make step forward, they have to get players that's going to help them win and bring a winning mentality. I like the coach. The coach is decent, you know, but I will, I will, I will, he wouldn't be my first pick. I think they should definitely go out and try and see if they get a better coach. And just revamp the front office. Like, I heard that basically the owner is trying to sell the team. And KG was definitely coming up with a huge bid. So, you know, if him and his ownership group can get the team, you know, within the next year or so, revamp the front office, make it an actual winning franchise, I'll start, stop, I will stop calling them the Minnesota Timberwolves. I will actually respectfully call them their name. But until that happens, <laughs> that is not changing. All right. Let's go to the next award, the coach of the year. Huh. Coach of the year. I mean, right now, Boston has the number one seed in the East. I feel like if they keep that, I don't see how – you can argue against um what's Brad his name? Stevens. Yeah, Brad, yeah, Brad Stevens, Stevens yeah. honestly. I don't see how you can argue, the I don't see how you argue against 
Yeah, if, if the Celtics stay at the top of the East, I think Brad Stevens is going to the year. I think you would have to put you would have to put Steve Kerr up there, depending on how the Warriors do. Um, let me look at something before I say this next person that would pick Sanford. I think it should be Monty Williams. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking Monty Williams, but I'm uh, Monty Williams. Yeah, him too. Also, Wes Unsell Jr. in Denver. Wait, he's the lead assistant, right? Oh, my fault. Like, now, Monty Williams, he's the head coach, I believe. In no, he's the wait. no, 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 no. I'm talking about Wes Unsell Jr. Is any he? He's oh. an assistant in Denver. I know he was on the he was on the market in Denver. Did get a new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you good. Denver did get the new assistant. Like, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I know Denver got a new assistant. As far I, as coaches, like, yeah, right now, Brad Stevens in a good spot. But I, I could also see Monty Williams. I mean, if I, I'm being honest, if the Lakers really hold up, I think Frank Vogel can run it. Yeah, Frank Vogel, you gotta give him credit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Especially after Lakers having get, a short offseason. Like, they have to short the shortest offseason. Off and, and it's still the like Lakers, the number one seed in the West. Yeah, so Lakers hold impressive. on to that. Lakers get a top two seed in the West. Frank Vogel. If I was to give you, Frank if Vogel. I was to give you five, it would be Brad Stevens, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers. I had it down. I had it down. Tom Thibodeau and Steve and uh, uh Steve Kerr. If the Knicks yeah, Tom if, has if the Knicks the make Knicks. the playoffs, Tom Thibodeau. I the reason the reason why I wouldn't give Frank I mean I, I, I get your point and for the life of me it, it takes a lot for me to go against my Lakers. But the only reason why I would not give Frank Vogel the coach, the coach of the year, is because. I mean, on paper, we have a better team than what we than what we had last year. And again, also like we're expected to, you know, we're expected to, be, you know, to be here. The reason why I say if the Warriors, depending on. It, it, for me, it depends on what seed the Warriors get. And it depends on how well Boston and Philly do throughout the season. But I know for, for sure if, if this team makes the playoffs, their coach is a coach of the year, and that's the Knicks. Because the Knicks were absolute bottom dwellers, and they are currently – the Knicks are currently sixth in the East. Yeah, the Knicks, if they do, definitely make the playoffs. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau, he deserves it. Like I said, when it comes to coach of the year, I either go for teams that weren't really expected to be much and their coaches outperform, or kind of like, like the reason why the Frank Vogel is valid for me, number one, they had the shortest turnover in NBA history. They basically played uh, NBA Finals and won it in October and then started playing in December. So it's like the fact that you guys basically barely had an offseason. You guys came back. You guys changed your team, too. It's not like they came back with the same team in last year. No, they revamped their team and got better. And you guys are still the number one seed. Like, that That definitely deserves 
a lot of credit because they didn't have to go chase number one seed this year. Everybody is expecting the Lakers to be in the finals again. There's people who are saying, like I said, I do believe that they could be repeat champions, even with the James Harden trade to Brooklyn. Because I think now, honestly, let, let's just be honest. The finals are going to be Lakers versus Brooklyn. Let's just book it right now. Let's just really, really book it right now. Let's just eh, put a stop into that. Eh. Because oh, yeah, we, with James Harden there. It's like a Jaggernaut team now, honestly. It, it depends. Like, we got to see how they perform first. See, that's why I said disclaimer. Let's see how they perform. Basically, my issue is when we get to the playoffs, late, late in the fourth quarter, Brooklyn needs a rebound. Who's going to get that rebound? Brooklyn Very needs true. a stop. Who on that Who's roster gonna is going to get that stop? Like, yeah, those, really are gonna, like those are going to be some pretty big issues for the Nets. Yeah, like, defensively, maybe, they're not, maybe, they're, maybe they're, they'll they're cost them. Maybe they'll cost I mean, game seven, or maybe honestly, game one. But either way, that's gonna bite them in the ass. But honestly, at least like James Harden and Kevin Durant already had a playing experience, so that's like a good thing that they at least play, you know, with each other back in with OKC, you know, back in the old days. So yeah, we can really just see and how the playoff experience goes under the Nets and with Steve Nash, because Steve Nash is a pretty good coach for. Uh, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, one of the best point guards of all time. So, and Stephen Nash has playoff experience as well. So, hopefully, he can discipline Kyrie Irving and James Harden, like actually make sure they follow through as far as like playmaking wise down the stretch when it really matters the most. This is how I see it, Brooklyn. We gotta see how they match. See how they be in the playoffs. Like I said, I'm just saying, book it if everything goes according to plan. If they get enough defense to make stops, their offense is kicking. The locker room, they they, they mesh together well. Definitely. Lakers in Brooklyn. But honestly, the way I'm feeling in my gut, I think the Sixers could actually go all the way this year. Because the reason why I'm putting a stock behind the Sixers, the way Joel Embiid is playing, like he should have been playing years ago, like he's playing like he's basically the best big in the league, the best center in the league. And their team is meshing together. They're a strong defensive team. Their offense is kicking, even though the contract chasing has been kicking them in the ass. But we know that them healthy as a whole team, they're a true contender. And if I'm not mistaken, they are a top three seed in the East right now. They're number two. But can I say something? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you. Like how I've been saying to my TV whenever I hear Skip Bayless talk about the Cowboys. Stop selling these Sixers fans hope because they not beating the Lakers if they make the, if they uh, make the finals. They probably won't even beat the Clippers. I'm sorry, Mark. It's not going to happen. Stop it. I'm tired of hearing it. I never said they was. No, I was just Dang. saying. Did you – did you really just sit up here in this podcast and tell all these good people that the Los Angeles Clippers would win a playoff series? Yes. <laughs> Remember who we talking about here? They can win who one. Who we talking about? <laughs> these are the dudes that almost got took out by Baby Luca last year. You know what? Almost got took out by Baby Luca. And then actually did get took out by Denver. Blow, blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. And how – it was up by how many in game seven? It was like 20, 19, 20 points. 19, 
19-20 points in the third quarter. This is the Clippers. This is what they do. This choking is in their blood. You are right about that. I feel bad for Clippers fans. Because, I, I mean, I would say I only have so much room to talk as a Caps fan, but, hey, even we want to chip. Even was, we got was, our chip. I was about to say, y'all can talk now because y'all got that, because y'all got the ring. Even, even we got our chip, so I do have room to talk this time. Really, y'all have room to talk after y'all beat the Penguins. When y'all beat the Penguins, that's when y'all really got that monkey off, off, of, off of y'all back because it was only fitting that the Capitals break their little second-round curse by beating their arch rival. And I kid you, and I kid you not, it was bittersweet for me. Because I had never really been, that was like the least mad that I've ever been by my team losing to an arch rival. I'm gonna be honest, this is probably gonna be a hot take. <laughs> I don't see the Clippers getting out to the first round. <laughs> I'm gonna be surprised. It, 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 and the Clippers, they just curse. It depends they're, who the matchup is. Depends but depends on who they play. Depends on who they play. If they if they like you know somehow fall down the seedings and you know they're facing like a team like Utah or something like that, they 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 they, they most likely gonna win. I mean, but I don't know. Paul George is looking pretty good this season, but I mean, I yeah, yeah, PG PG time. been hooping yeah. definitely, but we yeah. all know he's a <laughs> playoff choker. So yeah, it can do all the good in regular <laughs> season. I just playoff time. I don't know. The Clippers just like lose the whole identity in the playoff time. <laughs> it's oh, kind of funny. I want to see playoff PG from Indiana. That's the PG that I want to see because that's what made PG like my favorite player at that time. Still, yeah, almost knocked LeBron out the playoffs. It was very close. Gave, gave LeBron a work in the playoffs. playoffs. Honestly, should have yeah. knocked LeBron out of out of out of the playoffs. I will definitely stay. gave him the work. Mm-hmm. Him and trash. Him anyway, <laughs> enough of the Clippers slander. We we will have enough time. Like I said, if the Clippers lose in the first round of the playoffs, the jokes that are going to be made, it's, it's going to be a comedy show, y'all. But let's get back to the predictions. Most improved player. Hmm, that's a good one. I have uh, two strong candidates. Really think enough of right now. What are I, I have Jeremy Grant, and I have Shea Gillikas Alexander. I say Jeremy Grant. Mainly Jeremy because, Grant's basically mainly, been playing like an all star. Mainly, mainly Jordan. because what Jeremy Grant did. Jeremy Grant got the same offer from Denver that he got from Detroit to take on a bigger role in. In Detroit, because because he said, y'all want me to play less than what I am. I'm going to go here, although we're not going to win as many games. I can show y'all that I can do more than what y'all than what y'all have seen. Shay, we kind of saw this coming. Jeremy Grant is kind of more of a shock to me. It's kind of like how last year when people were talking about Bam or Devontae Graham, like early in this in 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 on the season. For me, it was like I watched Bam in college. So I kind of saw this coming. Cause what Bam's doing with Miami is what he did in college. Devontae Graham, although he was doing what he was doing in college, I didn't really see it coming in the in uh in uh the in in uh the NBA, 
But it's just with Jeremy, we really didn't see this type of production coming from him. Then we would have seen it from 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 Shea. Because once Chris Paul left, everyone was like, "Oh, well, now Shea is gonna, you know, Shea is gonna, you know, go to another level," and that's what he's doing. I feel like Shea Gilders Alexander definitely has an argument here. And that's because he really, the Thunder are really his team. And he's kind of embraced that role. And he's having the best season of his career, 21 points a game. And he's really, like, turned the Thunder, like I said, into his team. And really what, really that's been on brand for OKC for about the last decade or so, taking young players, specifically young guards, building the team around them and just getting the most out of these young players. They've done it with Russell Westbrook. They did it for a little bit with Dennis Schroeder, and now they're doing it with Shea, with Shea Gildas-Alexander. OKC knows they're young guys. So that, so that's why I'm going with Shea. Okay. Um, the second most important award, Defensive Player of the Year. And I think this, there's only really three people that can win it. Miles Turner is averaging like five blocks a game. Miles Turner, Anthony Davis, and Ben Simmons. Those are the three options for me. Um, Ooh, that was tough. Right now, I'm leaning towards Miles Turner. It may change to Anthony Davis, although he got robbed last year. But you know. yeah, I think AD should have won last year. Yeah, yeah he, did, he stepped up. He did get robbed. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that maybe it was too much focus on the Lakers that's probably like, oh, let's find another individual player, you know, who's just as efficient. Let's not give all the glory to the Lakers, you know. I mean, but I'm not gonna slight. There, I'm not gonna slight Giannis. Giannis is a amazing defender. Oh, he course. can defend yeah. all five positions on the court. He's good on the perimeter. He's good. He's good at inside, and now he's good at lateral movement. He's He can keep up a base almost any player in the league. The quick guards, the slow foot bigs, more physical players. Giannis is an amazing defender, but he's not AD level. AD level, yeah. AD is, than AD. AD like, is, is out here playing. Role. He was playing championship defense against Jimmy Butler in the finals. They put yeah, AD on Jimmy Butler and basically slowed him down. And now that this this year – AD, he's taking up on a notch because he feels like he's been robbed. I think he came out and said it. I think he came out and said he should have been the first player of the year. And plus, in my opinion, Jimmy Butler for like 40 plus minutes a game. Well, he was playing like 40 plus minutes a game, but still locking him down. He had no choice. And, you know, (laughs) Jimmy Butler did all he could do in that final. So it's like, sheesh. He was still like in a lockdown defensively, had all the opportunities in the world to really put up more efficient numbers, and he still got shut down. It says a lot. Right. So I think they might give it to AD this year. You know, it might be a makeup year, but like, yeah, we gave it to Giannis because we wanted to give him one. Of, he he did have one of the best regular seasons of all time. Like Giannis, I don't think people have 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 underrated Giannis' last regular season was a monster. Like he had one of the most dominant seasons we've ever seen. But you know, people revision the history because of how it happened in the playoffs. But I think AD is probably going to be the one that ends up winning it. But, See who yeah. was like I mean, me, Miles I'm Turner. Really... That's a good option too. Like because yeah, he is averaging Miles... like the most blocks a game. He actually leads the league in blocks. So that says if you lead the league in blocks, you should be like an automatic like you know front runner for defensive player for blocks. They aren't as easy as to come by as people think when it comes to basketball. They really aren't. Like really, averaging over 
two blocks a game is like very good in basketball because most players only get like really a block a game. So that says a lot that he's averaging almost like uh five blocks a game, almost the most as uh Dikembe Matumbo was averaging. He actually kind of like almost hit that milestone. He's averaging around like four and a half blocks a game. Yeah, I don't say a lot of blocking to effect because we have a player like Hassan Whiteside who averages 3.5 blocks. We're not calling him defensive player of the year. So I don't really take blocks into account. I kind of defense is kind of something we have to watch the impact they have on the game. And Miles Turner definitely, he is basically anchoring that Indiana defense. He he's when he steps out the game, it's like a complete different game changing. It's like the defense completely shifts. So Miles Sunday, I put him up there. But I think AD is going to be, end up being a one and winner. They're going to give it to him because they're going to be like, oh, damn. Yeah, we should have gave it to him last year. So, but anyway. Larry Nance Jr., too. I mean, he's right. not, I mean, he's doing pretty good, too. Like, he's averaging a couple steals a game, uh, you know, in the Cavaliers. Like, he's, you know, putting up some good numbers. And the Cavaliers have, have the third numbers, best man. defense in the league, which in is the league, amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, like, hold a team to, like, the, like, uh, like, around 100 points a game or something like that. So the Cavaliers are a little bit slept on defensively. And you have Larry Nance Jr. over there. So, hey, I'm, I can give them props. <laughs> Definitely. But, all right, the most important award in the NBA, MVP. league MVP, I think it's three players. I don't think anyone's close. Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, LeBron James. LeBron. I think those are the three. I think those are the three that you put up there in the conversation. I don't think anyone else this season has been close. PG's probably number four. Jason Tatum's probably number five. But when it comes to top three, I think it's KD, Luca, LeBron. You know, if it was up to me, like I said before the season, Luca as my MVP, I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with that because Luke is having a pretty good season, averaging 27 points a game, and he's really transit. He's really setting himself up to be the face. He's the face of the Dallas Mavericks. He he might one day end up being like the face of the NBA. So yeah, Luke Luca's my MVP. The only reason I'm not picking Luca is because the Mavericks have been struggling. You know they will have to get back into a groove, which could happen. Nothing is out of the world in the NBA. They could get back in the groove and become like a top three seed in the West. Then, yeah. But I honestly think it's really between LeBron and KD because they're kind of like the two best teams in their respective conference. Not the two best, but two top teams in the respective conference. And you already know they're going to milk the LeBron is 36 and you're 18. And he's still playing at MVP level, which is incredible, by the way. We've never seen this. We've never seen a player play this deep into their career and they're still playing at this top level. We we definitely give him credit to the man, the Kang himself. And honestly, if I was to choose, I would want Luca to win it. You know, I got to see his team go up the standings a bit. But honestly, it was up to me. I'll just give it to LeBron, man. Let him get that late, that that old man MVP. Let him get that that fifth one, man. Since it's we just chasing crazy. records, yeah. we just chasing records at this point. Because it LeBron, really I don't care what anyone said, LeBron is already a top tier first ballot Hall of Fame. He was that years ago. Now he's just adding on to the cake. He's just adding on to his resume for the greatest of all time. And in my opinion, I think he's number two 
with the chance to be number one. If he wins another MVP, if he wins another championship, and if he breaks or even matches Kareem's record, which is definitely possible, I don't think that you really have an argument to say that he's not the GOAT. Because if it was all about championships, Bill Russell would be the undisputed GOAT, but we don't see him as the undisputed GOAT. That's what I hate when people say, oh, you know, you Man, don't he have got the- some civil rights rings. He pay him no money. And the thing, <laughs> I was just about to make that joke. <laughs> and the thing about Bill Russell, like, the, I'm not knocking him because, you know, he played against who he played against. He played in the NBA where basically, Number one, there was no free agency. Players were just resigning back to their team or contract. So that's why you saw players playing like 13, 14, basically playing their whole careers together. Because there was no free agency. There was no way for them to go, okay, I want to leave. Let me go sign a contract with this team. And number two, the NBA was much smaller and it was in its infancy. Where basically, if you have this stacked team, you're just going to win automatically four or five. You're going to get to the finals four or five, six years in a row. So it's kind of one of those things where yeah, Bill Russell, I respect the 11 rings. I'm not going to disrespect it. But LeBron has had to beat and combat some of the greatest teams the NBA has ever seen. And LeBron is the greatest floor raiser we've ever seen. He's taken teams to the finals that had no business being in the finals. Like that carry job he did in 2018, when I tell you I was utterly speechless. I could not believe the things this man was doing. I literally could not believe. And this is also another thing, just before we wrap this part up. When in the NBA game have you seen a player check out in an NBA Finals game? And they stopped the game. And everybody is standing up in the party. You guys remember game four, the 2018 Finals, when the bomb basically got slapped across the eye. And this man was basically like, had a bloody red eye. His face was swelling and all that. He checked out the game. It was like the fourth quarter, two minutes left in the clock. Basically, the game was already over. Everybody knew the Warriors was going to win. He checked out, and everybody in that arena stood up on their feet and clapped for this man. Even the Warriors bench stood up and clapped for this man. You never see that. You hardly see that in this league. So that just tells you the carry job that this man had to do that year. And I just think, in my opinion, when it all said and done, LeBron's going to be seen and have to be seen as the greatest basketball player we've ever seen. Because he's just going to break so many records and set a whole new standard of greatness that's going to be undeniable. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Back to LeBron, though. Yeah. Honestly, LeBron just is like fine wine, honestly. Like, he's just getting better with age. Like, this man is 36 years old and is not slowing down. If anything, he's just getting like better, more conditioned, and getting much stronger. It's like he literally spends a million dollars a year just on like training equipment to keep his health up. He has his big machine. I'm not sure what this little machine is, but literally he like puts his whole body inside inside the machine from like his, I believe from like his neck down to like his uh feet. The only part that's not covered up is like his face and his head, of course. But it like cools down his whole body. Um, between LeBron and Floyd Mayweather, they're the only two athletes I've really seen use it. I'm sure other uh, you know, probably um people who can afford that machine. I'm gonna have it, but. Yeah, LeBron, he invests into his health. It goes to show that health is um, health is wealth. And he spends millions of dollars per year just to keep himself healthy. He doesn't let age, you know, get up to him. And shoot, I wish I could spend that much money a year just to keep my health up. Honestly, I'm pretty sure he feels, like, great. Like, everything is good. Like, no matter um, besides, you know, everything that's going on around him. But 
um, he just keeps himself in good condition, honestly, and that's how he keeps on going. And I'm pretty sure it helps him out mentally as well that he can stay physically help, um, healthy. So I do give LeBron props. And honestly, if he does win MVP, I wouldn't even be mad because at the age, he's doing what most players are doing at the age of 36. Like most average human being can't do it at the age of 36, honestly, as far as like staying this athletic and, you know, being the best at what you do in the whole world. Like not just the country, not just the NBA, but the entire like nation, the entire globe. So like props to LeBron, honestly, because they're probably never going to see a player with his durability, like, you know, in this overall talent like him again, honestly. So I, I wouldn't be mad if he wins MVP. Uh, do you guys have anything to add? All right. <laughs> so, um, all right, Mark, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Start? Um, which one do you want to do first, the 90s or the versus battle? Um, so with the versus battle, what is this? What am I really doing again? Like I'm just comparing artists or basically like, you, you remember how they had the whole versus battle on Instagram? Oh yeah. Yeah, like basically uh, I wanted each of us to think of like two artists that we could put together in a versus battle that would make sense. And like hmm. say why we want to see them go off against because I have a really, really good one. Like I sat down and thought about it. But basically think about two artists that they could go for the versus battle, it'll make sense, it'll be entertaining, it'll be good why it would be that, and then kind of go in depth on that. Okay, cool. I, I got two artists in particular. Maybe okay, with these two artists too. I got uh, Lil Wayne and Kanye West, honestly, to go against each other. Because if you think about it, Lil Wayne and Kanye West, they both came up around the same time as far as, uh, you know, making a way into the music industry, um, like dropping hits. Uh, both have a very interesting style of music. Both have both have their own respective fan bases. They have both made, you know, have topped a lot of songs on the top, um, you know, 100 uh, charts on the billboards. Um, Drake versus Lil Wayne would be a really good uh, versus battle. They've done a lot in the music industry. Definitely uh, done a lot for the culture as far as the hip-hop culture. Um, what else? Of course... Both all have both of them have their respective albums that have done like great numbers. Both have like some of the greatest albums of all times that you really can't uh you know really can't forget. Like ten years from now, we're going to be like probably at a cookout somewhere playing their music back and just listening to it and saying like telling you know kids these days saying you know what you know about this and everything. So Drake, I mean, I mean uh, Lil Wayne and Kanye West is def is definitely a good versus battle. I can honestly see that uh on like Instagram Live. Like I'm not sure that ever happened though, but. That's something I will actually see because they both make great music, both like uh, very, um, you know, genius when it comes to music, like artist wise, like, so, yeah. Uh, what was your uh, two artists, um, Sanford? Um, I had T-Pain and Travis Scott. Mm, interesting. Uh, why those two? Besides because. the auto-tune, probably, most likely. <laughs> it's more than just the auto-tune because T-Pain, yes. he created... No, 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 no. What happened? No, 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 no. Putting T-Pain up against Travis Scott is like putting Duke against Bowie High School. <laughs> that is a weird comparison, though. Yeah, I no, I, mean, I, I, I was going to listen, listen though. Yeah. The, the, re the reason why. Like, dog, like, dog that's, that's a stomp. 
That's a stomp for T-Pain. The reason why I said it was just simply that it would be entertaining as hell. Because one, I just I just love T-Pain. Because number one, he created his own sound. He was a hit maker in the mid to late 2000s. He was truly one of those guys where you listen, you just love this music. Like there was something about it you just loved about it. You loved the sound, you loved his rhythm, you loved his flow. He was he was a great artist. And like him going Travis Scott, he's not winning. But I don't think it would be much as big of a stomp as you guys think it would be. Because yeah, Travis Scott, he's amazing. We we all know Travis Scott is versatile. He's a killer. No, he can work with anybody. <laughs> he can work against anybody. <laughs> I had the feeling. I was like, man, they're probably going to be like, bro, you're tripping. You're big tripping on this one, big homie. But I, I just love to see it because it would just be entertaining for me. I know T-Pain's not winning. Hell no. He's not winning that, of course. I'd like, to see, uh, I'd like to see... Um, there's I think it will hold up well. There's two that I, that I have. I'd like to see Bruno Mars versus Chris Brown. I think that would be a good one. That'd be really good. And I would love to see that. And Usher versus Trey Songs. I like the Bruno Mars versus Chris Brown one because you think about it, both of the styles of music and the choreographs, you know, both very talented. Those are the two top two. Very similar. Like, like, they're both, both the top talent, two. Bro. When it comes to choreography, bro, they, I don't think you can name two better artists because they're just both smooth as hell. That's so why I like using so many, one. like, genres of music. Like, Bruno Mars, you can put him on any genre of music. As you see, he made his way into the hip-hop scene like it's nothing, you know. Right. The whole hip-hop scene accepts him. So Bruno Mars, he would definitely be a good matchup with Chris Brown. And honestly, Chris Brown is just like... You know, besides, like, his personal issues, he's really, like, the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jackson, like Darius has been saying. Like, he really is, honestly. It's just sad that I feel as though he should be a much bigger artist than what he actually is as far as music accolade-wise if he didn't have so much just, you know, personal issues. And he's a human being at the end of the day, but, like, I feel as though his negativity just, like, you know, some of the negative stuff that goes on in his life, which the media is so nosy about, no, they it just like overshines like his overall talent and things he has done in the music industry and it just sucks like it's just making him run it yeah he can be like improve overall as a personal but you don't even know him as a person like the media is just just always so quick just to try to knock him down it's just ridiculous it's like let Chris Brown live he doesn't even be doing nothing to anyone you know let this man live like look like at his the only the only re like like. Cause when you say like the negativity and stuff like that, like I I mean I agree with you, but I'm just like the only thing about it. If he if the person that he had that little fight with, if it wasn't Rihanna, if it wasn't Rihanna, people people would be more keen to let it go. Yup, show these fan base make all the difference. Rihanna, yeah, Rihanna, nah. Go to show people pick and choose like what like the outrage over like that's why it's so many issues as far as it's crazy how we went from music to like you know domestic issues but you know still like it overlates it's just like if it wasn't Rihanna like people if somebody like irrelevant people would either wouldn't even care or just say the other you know probably women with maybe clout chasing who knows bro but the fact that it's Rihanna of course it's going to like carry on like for so many years it's been like literally twelve years over it like you know twelve years it's been like messing up his music career wise. And everything, and he's been on like nothing but hits over the past decade. But 
people still want to bring up, you know, oh, cancel Chris Brown, you know, oh, you guys are listening to Chris Brown? Oh, why are you listening to this woman beater? Like, come on now. Like, he haven't heard about him, like, abusing any woman, like, recently, you know, just really Chris Brown stays trying to stay out the media, bro. He's just trying to get himself together and just live. Like, let this man live, like, before you drop him crazy. The thing about <laughs> it is we listen to killers and people people bump Kodak Black like he's not been convicted. Man, for- free Kodak. That's all I got to say. Free Kodak. <laughs> We're, we are yeah, Kodak really, definitely has his issues, though. We are, yeah, we're <laughs> really going to sit here and, and, like, say that, like, we don't bump straight killers and kidnappers all day that we haven't sat here like you you literally just said free Kodak and this man has been con- <laughs> has, has been accused of sexual assault and rape on multiple occasions not only that he tried and, to shoot a shot at young Abe and that shit was hilarious and and not to mention <laughs> and not to mention he was just in jail for it and he just got pardoned Probably to go yeah, yeah, out yeah, and do the same thing again. I think I believe between him and Wayne actually. So we're having mentioned Wayne. So I believe him and Wayne got parted from forty five. I believe if I'm not mistaken, they both actually get parted. I'm not sure if that actually happened though. Uh, I know they were definitely seriously trying to get parted from jail. Uh, from number forty five though, it's I don't know. It's kind of crazy how they're like almost like you know how they just are kind of like brainwashed as far as how they view political and like social issues it seems like there's a lot of self-hatred between them two and with wayne honestly i don't know this dude he he has a lot of sense and everything i think the drugs that messed him up honestly all like the opioids and the cough syrup and stuff you know just got his mind fried so it's a very sad situation just gotta like pray for some of these artists honestly because he has so much talent and such a good platform and just messed up the whole platform for like stupid stuff you know, to me, with Wayne, I think it's like the drugs for him, man. It's just sad, honestly. Prayers up to him because, like, he's really, like, messing up his overall health. Like, all them seizures and stuff. Like, he's, man, could have died so many times. People just don't learn, man. Like, I just don't get it. Uh, man, it's just like how you know you got all these people drinking that damn lean, man. Once they start, they just they just can't stop. Sad. They don't get the proper addiction. help. I mean, well, one artist in particular, Fredo Santana, like, he finally got the help he needed. But with his situation, just at home by himself, like, like was finally getting better. But, of course, you know, when you get finally get off the drugs, that's what makes them so dangerous. It's like, once you get off it, you become dependent on it. It's like you crave it more and more. And that's why they get so hooked in it since it's so powerful and stuff. And, like, Fredo was, like, had a seizure from it. He wasn't even doing it. Was at home by himself. No one could care for him, man. Who knows how long he was like on the ground knocked out by the time his uh I'm not sure if his girlfriend at the time like he had a, just had a kid too but yeah just found him on the ground passed out pronounced dead it was too late so and Wayne is really lucky that he was actually around people uh when he had his seizures and everything and people like actually give him immediate medical help because Wayne he psh, we lose him I'm gonna lie bro like we lose Wayne I'm gonna really be like hurt like probably cry hurt honestly we lose Wayne off to something like that at like a young age you know off like medical issues because it's something that could have been easy prevented. Like I'm gonna actually be like pissed off we lose Wayne. Like, please, like, we gotta protect Wayne for real. <laughs> man. Nah, I, felt that one. I would feel the same way, man. But um, 
Honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. Speaking of a versus battle, you know one I would actually like to see: Drake versus Chris Brown. That'd be interesting. I mean, that'd be pretty interesting. Like, even though that would just be pure interest. Like, I would just want to see what would happen. Like, we're not even gonna talk about skill set here. We're just talking about like I'm talking about pure entertainment. That's why I said versus battle because both very good marketable. Like, that would first that would be like the biggest thing ever. You know how much it would promote the hell out of that. Bro, that would be the biggest thing. I'm going to talk about how 6ix9ine was the Instagram streams, yeah. Like, that would break that Instagram stream. It's going to crash that happens, bro. They both go live. Like, literally, Instagram will literally crash. I feel like Drake versus Chris Brown would be the best matchup for either one of them. Because I heard somebody saying, like, the most popular request for Drake to go against is Kanye West, and that would be a stomp for Kanye. Let's be honest, because Kanye got like all his like two thousands discography. I was about to say all his old shit. And and then no, for, real stuff, though, yeah. for real though, and then and and then the and then the most popular request for Chris Brown is Usher, who would mop the floor with him. Like what all is- he got to do is play "Let It Burn," "My Boo." Or a plethora of other songs. Well, and it's I, over. I actually, I actually think that Chris Brown versus Usher would be a really I don't think it's gonna be a stomp. I I think it's gonna be a really good matchup. I would I would pick Usher to win, but it's gonna be relatively close. Yeah, like the thing about the versus battle, I love it. It's not really about the okay talent versus talent. It's just pure for entertainment sake and who can really, really make a bigger show. I think Drake versus Chris Brown would be something that we would remember for the rest of our lives because honestly, I, I can't pick who would win that. Yeah, I, I don't honestly, honestly because... talk about putting a bigger show. I feel as though Chris Brown would put in a bigger show when it comes to yeah, Drake because Chris like Brown is so versatile like... and everything. Drake is like very one dimensional. People got to realize Drake, don't get me wrong, like he's tough overall, really. but he's very like one di- he, he can be very one dimensional, like very like mo- well, when I say that, I mean like very monotone, honestly. Chris Brown is like more versatile, like overall, like when it comes to entertainment wise. Because he can, like, literally do it all. Like, Oh, no, like, yeah, I, I get what you yeah. mean. Like, it's yeah. just the thing, the thing with Drake, why he's so legendary and great, because he's mastered his own lane. Like, Drake could really, truly be repetitive in every sense of the word repetitive and still Honestly, make yeah. hits because he would do it in a way that's better than anyone else can do it. So, right, yeah, people I think, call him, like, a culture vulture and everything, but honestly, it's like sometimes... When it comes to this, like, it's not about who do, does it first. And one of the thing I do agree was like, not about who does it first. It's about like who does it better. And right. Drake overall, he has proven. I do give him credit. When you hear Drake on a song and everything, and like how he sounds, he just sometimes just makes better melodies and just sounds better. You know the way he delivers just sounds Literally. better overall. Literally. So that's why like I give Drake his props because you put Drake on a song, it's gonna be catchy. Like if I hear see Drake on a hook and everything. Of course, I'm listening to it. I'm like going to get in my zone. Yeah, I'm. There's like, two crazy. people that you could like, put on yeah, a hook, <laughs> and you would listen automatically. Drake and Ty Dolla Sign. Ty oh, yeah, Dolla Sign knows yeah. how to kill the hooks. He is a master. Like he's mastered this hopping on songs and just creating a beautiful hook. So honestly, yeah, like there's a lot of verses about it. I like to see, but yeah, if we. Drake versus Chris Brown, that would be one where I would definitely tune in. Bro. Of course. Like, that would literally break IG, bro. That like, would literally crazy. break the internet. They would have to live stream it on YouTube. 
Yeah, it literally YouTube, bro. Because like it Instagram would not to, take bro. that. Because Instagram, you it's, know, they always crash off the little bit of stuff. So Instagram yeah, they literally crash all and, that uh, traffic, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just too much. So yep, definitely yeah. something I, you should think about. Honestly, especially if we go go to like another complete lockdown. These versus battles need to happen in 2021 because while we're still in this quarantine and stuff, you know, which the government may go back to stage one, like it artists are definitely taking advantage of these versus battles since they can't really perform, you know. Uh, at big crowds and everything, so the versus right. battles has definitely been good marketing wise, and I'm sure labels have been paying attention to that as well. We want to find a way to profit off that. If they're smart business over owners, they would find a way. <laughs> Count that as a show, <laughs> you know. Get a percentage off them artists, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. They would, they would yeah, generate hella. Drake versus Chris Brown, yup. Yeah, and I said Wayne versus. Uh, Wayne versus Kanye West. Um, Wayne versus y'all, Kanye, that'd be a banger too. Yeah. Uh, did Evan say his um? Evan, you got anything, or did you say your uh too? Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm with you. Like Lil Wayne versus Kanye, I feel like that would be a good one. But if we're gonna do that, we gotta wait. We gotta wait for a couple months because right now, like we just coming off the um Kanye's presidential bid, and. And Lil Wayne is like hot for Lil Wayne's hot for the pardon. So right now, like they names are hot right now, but for the wrong reason. So I feel like if we're gonna yeah, do right. a matchup featuring either Lil Wayne or Kanye West or both of them head to head, then we gotta wait till like the summer. Like like wait like wait till wait yeah. till like it, it cools down. Like their name cools down. Right, right. Definitely, yeah, of course, definitely. yeah, of course, marketing wise, yeah, of course no one's really entertaining maybe like Kanye and Wayne right now, though, but, you know, just, like, put everything else to the side, though. You're going to want to hear maybe, like, you know, just, if it's, like, strictly music, you probably wouldn't want to hear Wayne versus Kanye, you know, something to vibe to. But, yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Of course, yeah, no one really wants to be, no one really wants to be bothered with Wayne or Kanye right now. They just, they're both kind of, like, just not right, or not right in the head. Like, prayers to them, honestly, to these Black men who has done so much career-wise, but just... Uh, we all have gone off the deep end, but uh, we're just, they're just seen on their platform going off the deep end. So yeah, definitely have to wait on that to get their stuff together. Cause I don't even know they're either one of them are focused on music right now so much, especially with Kanye and his clothing line and everything. <laughs> I do like his Yeezys though. I give him props with the Yeezys. <laughs> but who is the, who is, the, this man T.I. had me dead, but this man said Kanye's drunk look like slave clothes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they do though. Nah, like really, Kanye, <laughs> bruh. His shoes are the only thing I'm buying. Like, bruh. I don't buy anything else. When I listen to it, was him and uh, yeah, it was Ti and Shy Glizzy on this expedition expeditiously podcast. I was listening to what this man said. There's two things that T, that that Tip said that just killed me, bro. One, he said, bruh, the true demons are the people that wear the Adidas sweatpants and the Nike shoes. I was dying laughing when I saw that. <laughs> hey, I was that, that was like, all bro, DMV that's people facts. Though, back in like that was like all DMV people back in like 2000, Amen. like 2012 to like 2000, Amen. like what, like 15? That's all the DMV youngers were doing, bro. <laughs> like I was Amen. guilty. Amen. I'm a guilty party that, of that. That'll be I was wearing my Adidas sweatpants. Yeah, like it'll be comfortable, bro. I'll be wearing my Adidas uh sweatpants with my tankies. That'll be that'll be me from time to time, time because I mean because like, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, the Adidas sweatpants and Nike shoes, those are like, I'll do that from time to time because they're comfortable, like you said, Mark. And plus, some days I just wake up and choose violence. So that that's right up my <laughs> Honestly, bro, it's comfortable. It's like, you know, you prepare for anything when you wear that. It's comfortable. You can wear it almost anywhere. You're not really caring about dressing up too much. It's like, yeah, that's just the 
main style. Yeah, it's the it's the go to man. I understand. It just made me laugh. I think Adidas and Nike, you know, like they're going against each other, but they better realize in the DMV, Adidas and Nike, they could have like collab for real, for real, maybe like bank off that. They're so against each other, but really, like we're really like collab in the DMV. We made our own little collab wise, like collab uh, style with uh, Adidas and Nikes at one point. And Adidas and Jordans, it was crazy to think about that. How like mismatched we were, but we still made it, you know, fashionable. <laughs> like, and honestly, speaking of Kanye West, you know, Kanye West actually like said the DMV area was like one of the most fashionable areas. So that says a lot about the DMV area, how much we really inspired a culture and how much we really influenced the culture because Kanye, he actually likes the DMV fashion. You know, he's all into fashion. He knows his demographics. Yeah, like he gave the DMV props wise and as far as fashion. I'm pretty sure some of his Gigi designs have definitely come from like Nike, some maybe some DMV, you know, like New Balance shoes he's seen and stuff like that. You can definitely tell he's been inspired. He, some of his designs were inspired by like other shoes that were all pretty popular. So, yeah. Hey, man, like Crazy. I said, you, you can't ever never go on with them 993s, man. Never <laughs> ever go wrong, <laughs> but yeah, but this man Tip Happy Dead, but he said them to the like his clothes are like slave clothes, but I was crying. I said, "Hey, yo, that's facts, though." He got them homeless man clothes, like he got the them homeless man. Yeah, he he got the shits that that's you like, can bro. tell this man just like saw a dude walking. Around. I was like, you know what? That looks great. Let me try and recreate that look. <laughs> bro, yeah. he'll be looking at us. He'll be bro. He'll be looking at clothes we wearing. Like we'd be looking like some bums and like. Hmm, these people are looking like some bums. You know, maybe it'll look good if I create it because right. like, let's make some bank. You know, it man is smart though, because he knows it's gonna sell. Cause like it's Yeezy, like it's Kanye's Adidas, like it's gonna sell, it's crazy. And when the Kanye he tries to claim, oh no, you know, I get my top of the line materials from you know this organic area, you know, some of the rarest materials you can find. No, bro. That's just some cheap clothes. You just put like a expensive label on it. Come on, like. Shirts are like holding it. Like, you cannot call that fashionable. I remember it was Kevin Hart. I remember that that commercial where Kevin Hart was talking about that shit. (laughs) It was him and Jump on Green. That shit was hilarious. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness, man. But all right, Mike, go to the next one. Why are the 90s so great? Why do people hold the uh, just, to such high praise and reverence? Go ahead. Oh, uh, the 90s? Well, just want to talk about the 90s culture overall. Just anything in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, but uh, the 90s, it's so great because the 90s is really the stepping stone, at least in our generation when it comes to 90s babies. It was the stepping stone to a lot of stuff we know now. It's like that's what we grew up on. For example, uh, just music, uh, let's stay on the music subject. Most of the uh, hits we hear now that we can vibe to uh, have come from the 90s or the early 2000s. Sometimes I consider the early 2000s as a 90s though because a lot of us 90s babies um, adapted to the early 2000s and were still young and like still grew up and like listening to uh, hits uh, in the 2000s that was like very similar and close to like the 90s. The 90s just had just good new uh, movies overall, music. Uh, as far as fashion-wise, the 90s and 2000s is definitely interesting. You know, the oversized clothes and everything, you know, the extra high-top fades. You know, I we definitely tried to bring the high-top fades back. And uh, as around 2011, 2012, I definitely had one, like a little flat top or whatever. I can't believe we was actually doing that, like in the 2010, early 2010 still. But um, what else? Uh, 
the 90s had Space Jam. Let's see. The 90s had uh, Boys in the Hood. Let's see, what else makes it great? I mean, I don't know. The 90s was just, just, it's just like everything was so simple back in the 90s. It's like, of course, you got all like the good childhood movies like Home Alone. Uh, let's see. Uh, shoot. That's just like a few to name. Shoot, y'all can probably touch on more on the 90s. I'm pretty sure y'all have a lot of like just favorite stuff in the 90s. Uh, what else? Um, Let's see. Um, I was thinking about the TV shows also. TV overall was just better. Yeah. You know how me, me, right. me and you, we always talk about how wrestling back in the attitude era was just lit. It was oh, just yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. And then TV as a general, though, honestly, the 90s, that's one of the most highly rated and just greatest eras of television we've ever seen because there were so many iconic TV shows that came out <laughs> right. that basically just defined the era. Like, Highly defined air, like and TV shows that not only we grew up on, but you know we got older and went back and watched, and with different views, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like we all yeah, grew up on the show, but then yep. we kind of w- went back to watch it and kind of you know saw the themes, and it was it was just great. Like TV shows back then, like the 90s just had too. Depth. Yeah. it just had bigger yep. depth, and it was much more actual like entertainment. Like you know, you got your classes like The Fairly Matters in that genre where. You know, they had the uh, sitcoms and everything. Those were just very entertaining because it's like you could watch it and you'll learn something from it. And you'll be like, oh, okay, I pulled something from this. You know, this is something that actually happens in life. You know, I feel like now a lot of the TV shows are just so fabricated and just like kind of way left field. It's like not only unentertaining to watch, but it's like you feel like you're losing brain cells watching it. Yeah, honest. I was about to say, yeah, uh, about to the TV shows. I can look back like at movies from the '90s and uh, and TV show for the '90s and stuff. I didn't realize when I was younger. I can look back at it now and realize, yeah, that's like a real life lesson. It's like they were dropping gems back in the day, really kind of sort of predicting the future in a sense. Is just like how to go about things, you know, the overall like just you know plot of the show, the lesson of the show, and things like that. Stuff you can actually relate to in real life. Things back, uh, 90 shows back in the day were just more raw. It's like it wasn't forced, it wasn't like forced agendas and things like that. Literally, the producers could just let the actors, you know, be them actually relate to just everyone, just life in general. No forced agendas, just raw talent, just like raw overall, like life lessons. Wasn't, uh, you know, of course, like ratings these days is like more of a sensitive society, so you got to watch that. It's like stuff in TV shows back in the day. That would be considered kids shows. You can't really put that in like shows today, which kind of sucks though, but it is what it is from a marketing standpoint. But yeah, that, that's why I like, I, just to piggyback on what you said, that's why I like looking back at older shows and like shows I grew up on, just like nostalgia, because I'm actually learning more like from back in the day. Like they were like just dropping gems overall. And of course, like 90s had like some of the best video games too. It was the 90s and the early 2000s, like, if you're into basketball, you know, you had NBA Street Volume. I'm pretty sure y'all remember that. Uh, but like, you know, the dude with the uh, big bush and everything. I forgot his name. I think his name was Stretch. Yeah, yeah. NBA Street Ballers. Yeah, like the old 2Ks. Yeah, NBA Live. That's yeah, Live was like back in the day was better than 2K back in the 2000s. So yeah, NFL 2K back when like 2K actually made good football games, which I think 2K should really like go back to actually making football games because Madden. Like, I'm not really a big Madden fan. That's just me personally, though. Madden is just, like, going downhill. Same thing ever since, like, 2011. I haven't really bought a Madden since, like, Madden 2011, literally in a decade. Uh, So, 
90s had good video games, um, game systems like the PlayStation 2, mm. PlayStation, the Xbox, Xbox One, uh, Xbox One. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of very like just big content that dropped in the 90s and like close to early 2000s. Like you said, wrestling, the WWE, the attitude error, the ruthless aggression error. You really can't beat it, honestly. You just can't beat it. It's just stuff back then in the 90s that we'll probably never see today in this generation because it's just the way the agendas that are pushed these days and like the market, the market, the kind of market that we're in, we're not going to see it again. But I really do miss the 90s and it's just going to be great overall. It is it, a great overall. And I don't think anything can really beat the 90s and I can't see content uh, these days um, being produced like it was in the 90s. I think that um, a lot of what what made the '90s the '90s is you look back at just like everything, like pop, like I'm talking about TV shows, sports, comedy, just art in general. Like number one, everything was so raw and uncut. Like you could be whatever and as long as it was entertaining you know it sold nowadays like you have to fit a certain criteria nowadays you you have to be you know you have to be very pc back then it wasn't as pc but damn cancel culture damn right there boy let <laughs> damn cancel culture cancel whatever damn thing yeah, and the thing and the thing is, um, so yeah, like not everything was so PC back, you know, back then. So, you know, and I look at stuff like comedy. Comedy was actually comedy back then. You could real life say some outlandish shit, and people would real life laugh because it's funny. You know, you can talk about the fat lady walking down the, you know, walking down the, you know, walking down the street, and the fat lady sitting in the second row is sitting here laughing her ass off. As opposed to nowadays, you make fun of the fat lady walking down the street, and now you're fat shaming and you're a misogynist. Yeah, body shaming all this other stuff. It's like, oh, we're body shaming. Oh, yeah, it's like, bro, it's ridiculous. It's like literally, we can't even like joke about anything. Matter of fact, I saw a meme actually. It's somewhere on my phone. I think you've probably seen this meme too. Where it's like it showed Peter and uh I guess uh um I think what's his name? Eric Carmen from South Park. It was like, you know how Peter says, you know what always grinds my gears. It was like, how come this generation, generations that grew up on like South Park and Family Guy grew up like, you know, laughing the ass off with the, to these TV shows, but yet now here we are, 2020, 2000, 2000, uh, 2021, and we're so sensitive. You know, how did we grow up looking at shows like that, enjoying shows like that, but now as adults, when we're actually, you know, old enough to look at these shows, we're so sensitive. It's so stupid and backwards to me. I, I don't get it. It's more like a social media, just, you know, agenda that's being pushed. I feel as though people can't think for themselves because I feel as though people just want to fake cry, be fake outraged, mad about stuff. Like, they just pick and choose what to be sensitive about. Mm, as long as it doesn't really, like, pertain to them or doesn't really fit their criteria. It's just weird. You really can't have, like, pure comedy these days and even with Dave Chappelle and everything, you know, his shows all receive controversy whenever he drops a, a comedy on Netflix because Dave, Dave Chappelle doesn't care. Like, he keeps it raw, you know. 
it's not going to change up. That's the whole point of like comedians. Like comedians, they teach you something and like they tell it like it is. And that's what somebody, that's what comedy back in the day was like doing. It was telling you like like it is and like the real life of uh, you know what goes on in real life. And that's why I would show like the Boondocks uh got taken off like air like overall just completely. And shows like South Park, it's still in the air, it's still on Comedy Central though, but they took it off like, you know, Cartoon Network and stuff because it's like dark humor. They were like speaking on like, it's like satires and dark humor that actually speaks on real stuff and how stuff really is. So honestly, the 90s really did that with their TV shows and we just can't do it, do it again because you have to be so like just sensitive to everyone. It's like the producers these days and the writers can't really make shows for themselves they have to like you know fit everyone's criteria and, and it really doesn't make the show what's building anymore since they're not really like you know they have to like fit a certain criteria they can't really be as creative honestly these days yeah you know like people, they were back in the day. people don't have the same like patience and attention spans before because if you notice you watch a lot of the old 90s shows it was a lot of build-up it was kind of like okay they introduce the characters. Like I said, I'm a writer, so this is the type of stuff that I'm really, really into. They introduce the pet characters, introduce the simple plot, and it kind of built itself up gradually. So, you know, you had some episodes where it was just people just exchanging dialogue. But the dialogue was very, very important. And even the small changes and progression was very important because once you got to the climax, it felt deserved. It felt deserved, it felt earned, and it felt like it was a natural progression. But now... A lot of shows you watch, they kind of give you everything at the beginning and kind of the whole show is just ebbs and flows, ups and downs, instead of it being like a smooth, like you you, you, all, you guys remember back in class where they used to tell you about the whole rising action, climax and ascending. That's basically how it used to be back in the 90s. It was a rising action, climax and ascending. Now a lot of the shows, you kind of start off, you get the climax pretty soon. And it's like climax, descending, climax, descending. It's like a repeating process, and it could kind of mess the ebb and flow of the show up to the point you watch it, and you're like, you can't really get into it because it's just, it feels fake. <laughs> like, it feels fake. It feels unnatural. It's not entertaining. So I feel like a lot of the 90s shows, they stuck to that concept in all aspects and forms, cartoons, sitcoms, TV shows, everything. And music-wise... Some of the greatest musical artists and musical groups was around in the 90s. So it's just like, <laughs> and like I said, if we go back even further to the 80s, you know, NWA, they kind of really were a true trendsetter and kind of created the whole vibe of what the 90s would be. Yeah, honestly, the NWA, yeah, the, speaking of NWA, you can't forget about them because they were like more like right. the 80s. They came out like yeah, in the mid 80s. Yeah, they were mid They like really 80s. set the milestone. Like, really, without the NWA, you want to hear like a lot of these 90s rappers. They really created like that hardcore, like that gangster rap culture. And honestly, you want to talk about how, like, you know, how maybe T.I. Gucci Man created like trap music and Young Gigi, though. But really, when it comes like the overall gangster rap and everything, you know, especially with like just the culture rappers would rap about in the 90s. And the whole East Coast and the West Coast thing, the NWA, they really like were like the Kickstarters and all of that. They really made gangster rap like accepted in society because they are actually talking about what goes on in the neighborhoods and everything, whether they like it or not. Of course, people hated it because of their vulgar lyrics and stuff like that. It's like really they made their uh they made having straight up vulgar lyrics, bold lyrics, like normalized in music, if you think about it. Because back in the day, like in the 60s, like 70s, you know, older music. 
they would say some vulgar stuff, but they were like kind of like sugarcoated. They were like be real metaphoric, like what you know what I'm saying. They would like say some may say like a sexual term, but they was like say another word. But we, at the end of the day, we all know what they were really talking about. If you listen back and listen to it, go back and listen to it. But they actually made, I guess, put it like this: cursing and just yeah, using profanity and music normalized. <laughs> so hey, I mean. They definitely used their First Amendment in their music and turned it in like to art. So shout out to the NWA <laughs> and boy, um, and uh, what's it called? It yeah, the NWA um Strata Compton, one of the best movies in like the most recent years, if you ask me, and in, in like 2010s, like a good movie if anyone hasn't seen it yet. But I'm pretty sure most people saw it. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, that's why I like, like the 2010s. But one of my favorite movies, honestly, I've probably seen that movie about maybe like a hundred times. Haven't seen it in a while though. May look at it uh, recently. I mean, like soon again. But yeah, I give the NWA their props for like kickstarting that uh, like rap genre in the '80s and how they influence a lot of like legendary '90s rappers now. They really made people get out their show and like really like gave uh, other artists a platform to really go out and make music and actually like you know make a big platform and make the way into the music industry and just change music for like ever. If you think about it, as far as hip hop wise, hip hop music, they change hip hop music forever. Yeah. I usually don't recommend books, but there's a great book. If you want to learn about the history of rap, hip hop and everything, it's called the rap yearbook It's by Sheer Serrano. It's kind of like an illustration book, but also has a lot of writing at the same time. It literally goes from like the beginning being like, we're talking, I'm talking about it starts from 1979 and it goes all the way deep into the 2010s. It's a very good read. I've not even finished reading it yet. I'm kind of only halfway done, and it's just a great book to get into. So, you know, it's not that expensive. I got it for, like, $10 on Amazon. So, you know, if you're able to get the book, like I said, again, it's The Rap Yearbook by Sheer Serrano. Let me spell it out. S-H-E-A-S-E-R-R-A-N-O. So if you're able to get that, definitely get it, read it. You will actually learn a lot about the history of rap and hip hop that goes back even further than Empty Ray. Like this one went back even to 1979. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize that rap music even went back that far. I'm gonna be honest with you, son. Yeah, this I think that was the first official year. Yeah, I took a class on that. That was like one of the first official years, I believe. It got like really put down as a genre. Yeah. Who the very first artist was? Cause I definitely learned it in like a class uh, back when I was in undergrad or whatever. But yeah, 1979 was like one of the first, uh, I believe years it really got uh labeled as like a music genre it really got recognized as a music genre probably so probably not really 100 percent accurate on that though but the night yeah, late 70s you're about right on that though like yeah the group yeah. was yeah, called like, the sugar hill gang yeah sugar hill gang yep learn about them yeah oh. sugar hill gang they know you got people like mc hammer coming not too far afterwards like yeah. mc hammer is definitely one of the pioneers they made some funny hip hop music back in the day, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to talk you, about being bold yeah. and everything. They now what we call awkward these days, and what we call like dorky these days. That's what they did back in the day, though. Talking about some big butts, and I cannot lie, like just straight up. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, hey, hey, they just keeping it real, though. The way <laughs> you just said that, yeah, bro. It's like they was really, you know, it's just funny how music has evolved and how just we really how the society accepts. Uh, things these days compared to how will we accept it back in the day big so, big yeah. facts man but darian ever yeah. you guys have anything to add before we go into the true meat of what i'm 
Looking forward to talk to you today. And Darian knows exactly oh, yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, Darian said So that, before we dive into it, do you guys have anything to add? Nope. 2015. Right, let's go. Nah, let's get it. into it, Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to sit back and this one. I think I Darian. <laughs> Darian, you already know what I'm about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to let you go. If I, I'm a, You can introduce it and you can say your own piece on it. And we'll just roll off what you say. All right, Go ahead, so, bro. so before I get into that, I meant to bring this up earlier. I did not know that Philip Rivers retired today. Wait, wait, for real? What the hell? Yeah, I didn't wow. know. Like he officially retired. Burn, he didn't he didn't really didn't have like a bad season though. I mean, it was time, but he really didn't have a bad season with the Colts. I could really see him playing a couple more seasons with the Colts. Dang. Just well, like thought, that randomly. I mean, yeah, but it was yeah, it was really just time. It, it was, yeah, it, it was. was. But I could really yeah, it was fun seeing him playing with the Colts, but dang, it's bittersweet, honestly, though. Really bittersweet. It's just the fact that he was just trapped with the Chargers his whole career, but I shout out to him for staying loyal to the team because if I was him, I would have been got out of San Diego at some point in my career. <laughs> he was too good to be in there. Like, granted, he had his turnovers, but he definitely could have, if he had better talent around him overall, he, he could have uh, made much more noise in the NFL. For... <laughs> That's bittersweet, man. All right, so I'm not going to give my opinion on this first, but I will introduce the topic and I'll let one of y'all go. So I read a tweet and and I put uh, the the main tweet and the and a couple you know comments that I saw that were quite interesting. I put them in the group chat and I was gonna put it in like the big chat, shout out entanglements chat. Um, I was going to put it in that big chat, but I was like, uh, let's talk about it on the pod and just save and just let it be a pod discussion. Um, so this one lovely lady on Twitter said, ladies, if a man asks, what do you bring to the table? Know that he is 100% broke. And I, I have kind of back and forth opinions about this. However, I will save my opinion for last. Um, I will let whichever one of y'all want to go, whichever one of y'all want to sound off, for is yours. I mean, truth be told, like the the fact that you would be so so willing to call me out for being broke means that you would only be invested in like but only for material possessions for my wealth so that means like if god forbid a, a situation ever comes up where like i lose my money i also lose you which means you was never really there for me in the first place which means if money's a if not having money's a deal breaker for you, then I don't know what to tell you other than you gotta find somebody else. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. These days, love is like, I mean, nothing's really genuine these days, honestly. I'm not saying nothing overall, but a lot of stuff is not genuine. We're so caught up in this materialistic BS and and just like the dollar bill, we're like blind by it. And the fact that we live in a generation where like men are always of course, expected like to bring 
you know, more to the table overall for, for the simple fact that, like, we're men. But it's ironic how women, like, don't, as a ironic how, like, if the tables were turned, if a man wants to know what a woman brings to the table, but yet women are so, like, hellbound of being, like, considered, you know, independent, getting their own, they want misogyny to stop, they want the gender roles to stop and everything, which it has, but yet you're calling a man broke and only look at what a man has to offer, but yet you guys want to be so, quote unquote, misindependent and everything, but like, oh, I don't need a man or I can, like, you know, bring more to the table, like, things like that, but yet if a man just wants to, like, simply, we, like, simply want to see what you have to offer, it's like a problem, it's like, almost kind of, kind of like a sound of, like, insecurity from our end, so I really don't get it, it's just, to me, sometimes women are backwards when it comes to that, you know, as far as, like, what and manage your brain because regardless you shouldn't like we should you should all like want to hustle and like get your own regardless like you shouldn't want to be dependent on anyone it's like seeing somebody else like getting like their own and everything it's like grinding that should motivate you like to get up and grind go to work every day or just like hustle every day regardless and like stack up your bread and go out and actually be productive and like you know be overall like just you know aim for the moon so i don't understand what's wrong with the question and why how that a man will be considered broke by simply asking what, you know, a woman brings to the table. Because let's be real, if you're a man, if you're on your stuff, trust me, don't mess with like a, a broke woman. Like, I'm telling you, you have to like, mess, you really have to like actually be with somebody on your status, especially as for, if you're like serious about what you want to do in life. You have want like an actual career. You can't be with somebody who's just like not serious about life and everything. And it's just like, doesn't know what they're actually doing because that's just going to turn into a gold digger. You just always having to go out your way. You just always have to like to put up with everything. You're gonna drive yourself crazy, and then the person, other person, can't meet you halfway. This and that, and yeah. But I'm not trying to sound hurt, but it's just like the overall truth. It, it's facts, and it usually never works out like that. So a woman has to bring something to the table, regardless. It just can't be a, a like it can't be a one-sided thing. A relationship can't be a one-sided thing at all. And that's just being realistic. We're all adults now. It's not like we're in the in our teens and everything, we're all like in our 20s now, most of us and most of our listeners are in our 20s and we're actually trying to like, you know, become independent and actually like trying to be established in life. So I don't even see what's wrong with the question. <laughs> Dude, are you sure you want to go last, bro? I yeah, am hundred percent positive, bro. I already, know. I heard it. I, I can hear your Skip Bayless side. Go ahead. <sighs> Oh, man. Now I'm going to sound like a broken record because I did talk about this a little bit on the last episode, but I'm going to dive deeper into it. It's going to be similar but different. I was just talking to, um, I don't, want, I don't want to put her out there, but someone that could be special in my life soon. And she, funny thing, she brought what? up the exact same post that you talked about, Darian. She brought up the exact same post, the literal exact same post. And I was like, I'm going to save my full talk for the podcast. So here's my full talk. Wait, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. Before you go in there, hold on, hold on, bro. Who, who, is, who is this? Who we will talk about this outside the pod. Outside the pod, sir. Outside the pod. Are you going to turn into the stomach punisher, sir? <laughs> you slap his stomachs today? Yeah, you didn't think I was going to cut out. No, you better not cut this out. You better not cut this out. You better not cut this out. This is going No, I'm cutting I'm cutting out the recklessness that you just said. This is going on. I'm not supposed to act. I'm 
She is the stomach destroyer, everybody. And he better not cut this out. No, oh, wow. Man. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. Okay, so I honestly think that our generation, that's it. I'm going to even combine your point, Darian and Evan, at the same time, in my own perspective. We are in our mid-20s. I'm going to be 25 this year. Like, we are not little kids. This is not high school. Like, 30s around the corner, getting to that age where you want to build something in life, you want to get a foundation, and you just want to settle down, find that special someone, start a family, and, you know, build your legacy and work towards helping the next generation. I don't know why it seems like we're so focused on the monetary things. Oh, what you can give me. Oh, what I can give you. Oh, this and that. It's, it's like you cannot build a genuine bond or relationship off of, okay, you know, um, yeah, I'm a, I make six figures. I got two college degrees. Um, I got two successful businesses and all that, but you're not bringing what really matters in a relationship. Yeah, you could be financially stable. You could be successful. You could be all that. But if you're not mentally stable, if you're not willing to bring respect, honesty, accountability, and stability to a relationship, and you're out here just swinging around, messing with any girl that comes their way, giving any pretty woman the time of the day, and just being toxic, your relationship is not only going to break apart and it's not only going to end up hurting both of you in the process, but for the man and the woman, you will never be happy if you're basing your relationship, if you're basing your bond on what you bring to the table. Because at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. And I hate how we live in a society that, okay, woman could be like, okay, I want to date a man above my status. But a guy can't do the same thing. That's very double standard. And I hate it because why does status matter so much? It should matter. Yes. You want to find someone else, a similar mindset as you. Ambitious if you're ambitious. Go and all that. It matters. But it should not be the antithesis of what you're going after. It should be like, oh, you know, if she work at uh, McDonald's or Burger King, but she has ambition and she's just on a different path because we all have different timelines, y'all. There's no way that we could all be successful at the same time. It just makes no sense. So some people are going to have be late bloomers in a sense. Some people are going to catch it early. They'll graduate at 22, 23, get a full degree get the dream job they want, be started in their career. Some people, it takes them to their 27, 28 to really get things rolling. That's just life. You cannot, okay, it's good. Like, so you're 24, you got a whole college degree. You're making six figures, got your own place, bought your own car, you're independent. And this goes for man, the man and the woman. side. That's great. You know, you're killing it in life. Keep going, keep striving, king, keep striving, queen. Become that millionaire. Do what you got to do. But you cannot expect everyone to be on the same status, the same level. That just makes no sense because how many people make six figures in America is less than 5%. It's less than 5%. So if you're just going to focus that, oh, you know, I want a man. 
that only makes six figures. You're already limiting your scope already from the jump street. And you're not even being genuine. You're not building a relationship off a genuine bond and love if that's the first thing you're looking for. You're just going to end up being upset at life. You're going to end up meeting people that doesn't mess you up or you're just going to be alone because your expectations are just not reality. It's just, it's just simply is not that. And like I said, it's not even off of love. What really matters when you're going after someone, they make you feel good and you see a future with the person, no matter what their status is, no matter what they have, no matter this and that. If And, and maybe I'm different. Like I said, if Shadi is working at damn like McDonald's or Burger King, but she has ambition and she has a goal to reach and she's just kind of right now at the pit stop where she working the pit stop and she's trying to build herself up, that's fine. If I really care about you, you know, we start a friendship, we start hanging out, we start talking, and we build a genuine bond, and we're ready to make things to the next level, I will do everything I can to push you where you need to be pushed, help you where you need help, so you can move up, and we can move up together. It's not only just about you, but both of us move as a unit, because why should it matter who makes more money if I'm still bringing my own end to the relationship? I'm bringing stability. I'm your partner. I'm your best friend. I'm your biggest fan. I'm helping out when you need to be helped. I'm your eye of the storm, in a sense. I'm the one that helps you bring peace. I'm the one that motivates you, that brings the right mindset for you to move up. Why does it matter that, oh, you make more money? I don't care. As long as I'm doing my role in the relationship and do what I got to do on my end, why does it matter what I bring to the table? Why does it matter that, oh, I have to make this amount. I have to have this certification. I have to have this um, achievement, this milestone. It doesn't matter. Stop thinking about that. Stop thinking about the big stuff. Stop thinking about the flashy stuff. The small stuff is what matters. The everyday stuff. Sending her a good morning text. If she work at freaking Target, something popping up to her work randomly, just making her day. You know, when she comes home from work, making her feel good, helping her to relax and be like, okay, yeah, you said you want to get to this going a certain time. How are we going to do it? How are we going to work towards it? We are a team. That is the stuff that matters. All this stuff that social media tries to blow up. Oh, you have to do this, that, this, that, fourth, fifth, and sixth thing. It's just when you focus on that stuff, you're going to end up naturally being unhappy because you're going to set a standard that only a small percent of people can live up to but most likely when you meet that person that may fill out all your checklist, they could have a mental problem on their own end. They could be mentally unstable. They could be someone that they switch up on. You see the real ugliness and be like, damn, this is not the person that I ended up meeting on Twitter or ended up meeting a person for the first date. So my advice when it comes to what you bring to the table is good to, you know, be established. It's good to have what you have. If you, you're killing it, good. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter longer because if you're holding on to what you bring to the table, you will never be happy. You never find that special person. You will always end up being alone or you'll always end up being one of those people that's always complaining, oh, men ain't shit. Oh, bitches ain't shit. When at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror. You have to have that talk like, Okay, I have all of this, all of this success, 
all of these good things that most people would love to have. But am I complete as a person? Am I mentally ready to be with someone? Do I need time to adjust? Do I need to have a reality check? These are conversations we all have to have with each other because I'd rather do that and not be, be like, okay, I'm not trying to be relationship on that trip with nobody, rather than go into something and you end up hurting the other person and hurting yourself, bringing more mental strain and more mental issues. That's all I have to say. All right. I think you jumped in, and honestly, I think you pretty much made all the points. Pretty much nailed it on the head. Right. I, so, I agree. So, when I saw it, I thought of it from a couple of uh, perspectives. Well, I tried to look at it from like her perspective, but I agree with Evan. Is if someone asks you that question and the First thing you think of, granted, I'm pretty sure it was a quote unquote joke, you know, on Twitter. I mean, it's Twitter. You can only right, like always. You can only take it, but so seriously. But there are some times where you kind of just got to look at it like, nah, you really meant that shit. So if the first thing that you think about when someone says, when a man asks a woman, what do you bring to the table? Is oh, He's broke. Yeah, Shawty, you you can go. Not saying that I'm broke. I mean, shit. I ain't rich. But if that's the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask that question, then you're already a no. And... I see why, because a lot of dudes, like, especially will be on social media asking that question, and then there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, disrespect towards women that comes with that. So that, I, I think that's kind of why some women feel a certain kind of way when a man asks that question. However, however, just like how a woman has standards for whatever man she wants, a man should have standards for whatever woman he wants, for the type of woman that he wants in his, in his life. And it's a growing trend where it's not even on social media, but even in like normal conversation, if we were to have like this type of debate with women, you know, you know, like in person is like, whenever a woman talks about what kind of man she wants, a man is like, okay, I can respect that. But whenever a man says, Oh, I want a woman that can cook. I want a woman that can clean. Oh, so you want a mom? No. I just prefer, you know, my woman to be good around the house. Not saying that I'm not good around the house because I can hold my own too. You don't know that. Now, it is something to say. If it is a man that 
wants the woman to do all the cooking, do all the cleaning and do all the laundry as well as she's, you know, she got herself a job too. That's kind of messed up. But I look at it as like, also to your, you know, also to your point, Senator, is some of that materialistic, that tangible stuff, like it really does not matter because for some people, they just are not satisfied. They could have high standards and you can meet that high standard and then the bar just keeps raising higher and higher and higher and they're never satisfied. And this is man, this is man and woman. Where you could want this type of this type of woman, you can want this type of man and they could be everything you ask for. And then you ask for it and you get it and you're like, "Oh, that's it? Well, can you do this?" You know, and it's kind of like, damn, what else do you want me to do? Like, I'm doing everything that I can to try and make you happy. Yet. Yet here, yet here we go. You know, you're asking for more and I've already gave you. This plus some. You know, and. It's a huge double standard and I and I and I kind of just look at it as like a thing of you ask that question to anybody but just more so for the for like the woman it's already known that when it comes to women looking into themselves And I'm saying it's not a man problem either, because I see it, but I see it more with women than men. Is when it comes to looking into yourself and kind of saying, hmm, maybe I am at least part of the problem as to why certain things didn't go well. And you have to actually look into yourself and reflect on the things that that that, that you have done. A lot of the times they don't want to do that because again, it requires them saying, oh, I might've been wrong here. And the feeling of being wrong is just terrible, especially if it means losing somebody or losing something that you really care about. And so that question kind of like makes a person think well, oh, what do I bring? And like, there was a comment to um, the tweet and I'm gonna paraphrase it. And they were saying, and it was just like a, it was a, it was a girl, it was a old tweet that someone had uh, screenshot it. And it said that a man who's not motivated by pussy is a dangerous man because the woman has to actually offer something. Like, like, how can you, like, how can you help me mentally? 
how can you help me achieve my, you know, achieve my goals? How can you help me get to where I want to be? How can you make me happier without, you know, spreading, you know, spreading your legs open? Not saying that I'm going to say no to sex, but, which I probably will, but I'm just saying, like, I lost my train of thought. Like, how, like, basically, how, how are you going to help me? Like, if I'm going through something, like, is the only way that you know how to make me happy is, 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 is you giving me sex the only thing that you think can help me out? That the only, that, that you think, you're just like, oh, this man's depressed. Oh, let me give him some pussy. He'll be all right. When nah. That's temporary, that's temporary gratification, you know? It doesn't help me in the long run because I'm gonna feel good for a hot second and then I'm gonna be sad again, you know? And granted, a person should be happy within themselves before they even think about getting into whatever. But I just look at this tweet and I just think it's so hypocritical because you ask, if you ask a man that question and he gets mad, then y'all killing this man. But a woman gets asked that question and she gets mad. Oh, well, now she's, you know, it's justified. And it sucks. Because it because it seems because it because it it almost seems like we can't hold these people accountable or these people refuse to be held accountable. And there's going to continuously be just this wide range of toxicity if people refuse to hold themselves accountable to be accountable for them for for them for themselves because at the end of the day it just comes back to accountability to me and that no man wants a woman i mean you can have a woman that you know is all about you know sex and you know all she offers is sex yeah a man will take that but he's not going to wife her you know she's just going to be a nice little summer fling and then she going to be kicked out by you know by valentine's day for the woman that he actually values that he sees value in but that is all I wanted to hark up on the point of the comment. The reason why, also, I think that's hypocritical because, <clears throat> like I say, you can't base your entire scope and relationships building a bond with someone on sex. Sex is very important, yes. It's a guilty pleasure. But it's also the pleasure that we're all old enough to have open conversations about it. If you don't want to have open conversations about sex, then you're just simply not mature. You're simply just not ready. Like, and I agree on your point. 
most people, not even this woman, most people in general just don't want to look in the mirror, sit down, and be accountable for their actions. They want to blame this, oh, I'm this way because of that, and I'm this way because of this, oh, this happened in my childhood, this, that. I, I understand it. There's people that have genuine childhood trauma. Yeah, 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 and I, I messed their head up. I was, I was about, I was about to say there, there are, yeah, yeah. there are genuine ones. Are, yeah. I actually like texted that in the chat just now. Yeah, about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw said. that part. I saw that. But like the but hype, yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. Those bro. genuine ones is not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that refuse to acknowledge that the way they're acting, there's a, there's a bigger, deeper reason behind it. More people need to sit down and be accountable for their actions. Say, okay, yeah. This happened, but I'm the one that made the decision. So I'm the one that has to sit back and look back. Like, okay, how can I be better? How can I not let this trauma or what happened to me affect my decisions in the future? That is you taking steps of maturity, progressing as a person, growing as a person. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's expecting perfection. You should never expect perfection from someone else. And if you are, then... You need to even have a deeper self-evaluation than most people. And like I said, Darren, according to your point, you have those people that just will never be satisfied. They will never be happy. And those are the people that should not be going into relationships because you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have the time when your partner makes you mad, annoys you, throws you off your game, does something that pisses you off. It's just going to happen. We're all human. When you're in a relationship, you're trying to make compromise and build with the other person. If you're not willing to make the compromise to the other person while you're in a relationship, there's no purpose. You're just going to end up hurting yourself and hurting the person because, oh, it has to go my way or the highway. Or like you said, you're talking to this girl. You know, you like her. You know, she brings certain things to the table. But the thing about her, all she cares about is sex. That's a woman that you will never, ever fully take seriously. Because especially if you're a guy of higher value, that's why that treat pisses me off because a relationship should not always be about the pussy. It should not always be about the sex. Because you're not going to have a long-standing, good, healthy, non-toxic relationship that's based on sex. Because nowadays, in this time, in this time of the world, in this society, sex is not special like it used to be. Like, People are getting dick pics. People are getting pictures of pussy. People like OnlyFans exist. Like it's like porn sites exist. Like I think, there's I think available the, access to it. But yeah, you, yeah. Go ahead, Darren. Go ahead. I was gonna. I'll I was gonna it. say, and with you saying that, because like part of it is because of like that element of surprise. You know, like when we were growing up, like. You know, like that, like the normal everyday one, you know, girl that we, you know, the girl we had a crush on, you know, you had to jump through hoops just to see her in a, you know, just to see her in a bikini, you know, just, you know, just to see her in her underwear, just for her to even give you like the slightest bit of attention. Now, all you, you know, all you got to do is go on, is go on a website and pay, you know, and pay $5 and you can see her naked. You can see her doing, you, you, you know, all this, you know, all this other stuff. So that element of surprise that, oh, 
shit. I'm sorry, Colin Saxon just hit a clutch shot in overtime to tie the game up against uh, Brooklyn. Bro, I'm watching that. I'm watching that. That game is crazy, bro. They about to go to double overtime. So the Cleveland Cavaliers have been hooping this season. I would actually yeah. get that. Yeah, but 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 yeah, and that and but back but but back to what I was, but yeah 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 back back, back to what I was saying, like it like like that basically that element of surprise is just is just gone. There's not there's nothing left for the imagination because you already know what's there. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, um, yeah. Let me get back to my point. It's, it's just like you cannot set these lofty expectations. You can't get mad when a dude's like, "Oh, he don't care about I'm one of those guys. Pussy does not impress me. Like, of course, I'm. If I'm talking to someone deep enough, I'm obviously just like sexually attracted to you and all that. But it's not the end all be all. It's not going to be the deal breaker. I'm the one that looks for intelligence. I'm the one that looks for ambition because I am intelligent. I hope I am, even though sometimes I can be stupid, but I think that's everybody. I just have a goofy nature. But um, <laughs> um, I'm also ambitious because not only with this podcast that I want to go far, I want to make this a thing where we can all truly become the voices of the people because there's truly some people out here that their voices just genuinely need to be heard Topics need to be discussed, and I want that to be the standard. And also, just for myself, I hold myself to a higher standard. So why would I, someone that has stock in things that aren't superficial, that aren't material things, I want a genuine thing. Like, I want me and you to bond. I want us to be partners. I want us to make the compromises to fit around each other. I want to, you know, be there for you as much as possible. I want to uplift you. I want to be your best friend. I want to be the person you can come to when you're down. We have a conversation. I give you the fire in your ass and you get going again. And I expect the same thing in return. Sex is it's, it's on my list, but it's not high on my list. So it's like, you throw in the back and all that, you know, I'm going to look and be like, cool, that's awesome, but what else do you bring other than a pair of ass and a pair of titties and pretty face? It's kind of go back to the exact thing that we were just talking about. Yeah, women always love to say, okay, I want this, that, and the third. But when a guy says it, it's seen as a problem. And I don't know why it's like that. That that's definitely something that has to change. But I because think a just lot of women oh, say it and they don't even like they don't even know what they like and dislike. They're saying it based off of what they see on social media. What they I was just about media. to say that. <laughs> And what yeah. they've seen, like their family members and friends, you know, you know, deal with. There's a yeah, lot honestly, of women in this world yeah. that don't even know what they truly want. They're just impressionable. They see, okay, what their family has done. They see what's on social media. They don't truly know at the core what they want as individuals. They kind of just go with the wave and see what happens. And that's why I said. You need to take accountability for you, no matter what's going on in your environment, what's going on in your family, no matter what you see. You are the person doing the action. Yeah, for you have to take accountability um, for what you do. You have to have that time, that moment to talk to yourself, be like, okay, 
what do I really want in a man? Do I care about what's in this pocket? Do I care about the sex? Or do I care about him treating me right? Do I care about him spoiling me like the queen I know I am? Is that what I really want? You have to have, you must have that conversation. We are not kids anymore, y'all. Like, we are literally grown adults. <laughs> like, I was literally just having this conversation with someone like, bro, the time has really flown. We are literally in the time of our life where we are building the future, the foundation for the rest of our lives. This is not the time to be on childish nonsense and thinking that you could just go with the wave and think your actions are not going to have consequences. You need to sit down, have that talk, reassess, no matter how much pride, no matter how much ego you have, and just be like, okay, I need to fix this. I have to take steps to be better because... If you don't have that, you're never going to be happy. You're going to end up as these people that's in their 30s that's hella toxic, that's disappointed with life, that's saying, oh, these niggas ain't shit. Oh, these bitches ain't shit. All this dumb stuff when it's on you, bro. It's on you, fam. You have to make that step. And it's good to make it now. Because at least now, you have time to rectify everything. You have time to work on yourself because working on yourself progression is not an overnight thing. It's not even a weekly thing. It's not a monthly thing. It's not maybe maybe take years. It's something that you have to believe in the process. Work on yourself and continually make steps to improve. I just don't understand why. Like I said, that comment really pissed me off. I saw that shit. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, this is not okay. This is not it. And it's like, people don't want to listen to someone that's just really genuinely there to just help them. I have no ill will towards anyone. I don't hold grudges, man. I leave things alone. I may say some crazy stuff. I may say some stuff just to get a reaction and stuff, but I generally don't hold grudges, man. I generally want to help people. And I seriously just want to end this trend of toxicity this trend of focusing on the wrong things and using that as the basis of you building bonds with other people. We have to be better. Yeah, um, to piggyback on what you said, um, especially with the social media, social media plays a big aspect on how people just view life and relationships in general. The issue is, is that people say one thing on social media or something becomes trendy on social media. No one can really think for themselves. It's like some women, not just women, but just people in general these days have like this very sheep-like mentality where they probably see one little post that goes virals and they think, oh, maybe we should think like this. That's automatically, you know, think this way. It's like people go to social media just to, uh, you know, cope with stuff or like just to get advice from like too many people and social media is not the place to go to for like advice or just life lessons. Man. That's the issue when it comes to uh, relationships these days and how some women think saying that, oh, what men should be, you know, what men should like, or like what a woman should like bring to the table or whatever that a man should bring like every single thing to the table. No, like in order for a relationship to work, you have to like, each person actually has to put in the effort. It can't be somebody putting in a hundred percent effort and then somebody else putting in like a 50% effort. 
it's not going to work like Bender done that. It's just simply not like good communication and everything. Like who cares if you double text and everything? Some people have this big thing on pride and everything about sending like double text and triple text. It all depends on like the conversation, honestly, like granted, granted, I don't like double texting though, but for example, with communication wise, if depending on what we're talking about, if I'm like genuinely like, you know, concerned about what's going on, or, like we have like a real conversation and just don't respond after a while. Like, of course I'm gonna like probably, you know, maybe send multiple texts to make sure you're okay. You know, it's, it's a simple fact that it's like communicate and it's like a lot of things these days aren't genuine. As soon as like you do one, you can like bring everything to the table, but as soon as like that person or whatever, let's say a woman, for example, doesn't like, you can't come through one time where she doesn't get what she wants. You say no one time. It just goes, like she gets upset. Like, it's like, oh, men ain't shit. Oh, uh, you know, you ain't shit. Oh, you don't do enough. You don't bring enough to the table. One time someone doesn't go their way, that's what you got to watch about how much you actually do bring to the table because if you give somebody too much or whatever, you think you're doing them a favor or you think you're winning them over, like winning their feelings over, winning their love, but really you're just making them more entitled to like, you're making them way more entitled to like what you should bring and you got to watch that. I've seen that myself, honestly. So you really got to watch about like when a woman asks, what do you bring, uh, you know, what she can bring to the table and what you bring to the table. Don't bring too much to the table because... That's when the sense of entitlement comes in. And yeah, it can be messy. I'm not going to say don't bring too much. Well, there, I guess there is that. But don't give too much at one time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because it's, yeah, either, it's like bring everything it's at one time. Either you're going you're gonna to overwhelm her. And a lot of these girls have, have you know, that PTSD where someone you know, does a lot for them, but really they're doing, you know, there's a hidden agenda with it. So they're Not gonna like dreams so, forever. So they're gonna look at it and they'll be like, oh, this is a bit too good. I don't like this. And or they're just gonna be like, oh, okay. And then take it and and just take, 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 take and won't give. So it's kind of like, just don't give too much of yourself. Oh my God, Colin Sexton. Yeah, you have to learn how to gauge and everything. It's kind of like, you ever heard of the push and pull technique? Like, that's why I always say you have to read the person you're, you know, interested in trying to talk. You have to read. You'll notice certain tendencies. You'll notice how they look at things, how they talk about certain things. You have to pull and pull because... I'm going to be honest, a lot of women are just not worth it. They're, they're just not. Like, I'll be honest, just like how they say a lot of guys is not worth it. A, a lot of women's not worth it. Like, let's just be honest. If you're, especially me, I'm not saying I'm at the perfect place in life, but I'm, a, I'm at a pretty happy place in life, you know. I'm, I'm moving up, you know. Things are looking up. Podcast is doing well. I appreciate all the support. And just things personally are just moving in a good direction. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it when after we finish this topic. But it's just like there's a lot of people in life, they're just not happy. And if you're not happy with yourself, if you're not happy truly in life, how can you be in a relationship? How can you do it? You can't be slacking in both. You have to at least have. If you're missing both, then you need to spend more time on yourself and working yourself to be better. 
But do you guys have anything else to add before we talk about the game that's going on right now? And then close it out. I just want to say shout out to the 76ers for beating Boston tonight. Yup, speaking of, of Philly, I was going to say humble about that, but shout out to the Sixers for beating Boston. Who it feels good for, you know, <laughs> being pretty solid in the East this year. I'm getting more and more comp- you know, confidence in the Sixers and by the real born, much more Sixers gear. I can actually say the Sixers might not actually disappoint me like the Eagles have this season. So shout out to the Sixers for actually making 2021 a little bit enjoyable so far. Joel B, the GOAT, Ben Simmons, the GOAT. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess. LeBron James, Mickey Mouse, you know, but. Yeah. You know what? I was going to let you have it. <laughs> I was, and that's what you get. Talk about my Lakers and you get phase out the group. <laughs> but Mark Connection just keep picking him, man. I'm and not that is exactly him, what he gets for that. Hold on, wait. I'm away from the connect. Away from to connect. Hold on, let's just wait for it. Still connecting. Having some technical difficulties. No, 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 no. That's what you get. That is what you get. It's crazy, bro. That's ironic how that happened, bro. It's like, as soon as I say that, I'm mad that actually happened as soon as I said that. I'm kind of See what happens when you talk about Goat James? It's like, I'm mad that actually happened as soon as I said that, bro. Oh, my God. Hey, LeBron oh, was listening to man. me, bro. Hey, LeBron must be listening to us right now. He probably bro, this man out. said they he got like, us. They got us tapped in. They're like, hey, yo, bro, this man nah, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, LeBron James, you tapped in right now? Hey, LeBron. Hey, what's up, bro? I hope all is good. If you are tapped in right nah, now. No, 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 for real, bro. If, <laughs> Honestly, if, if any somehow, <laughs> some way, this podcast has reached up to, you know, Maverick Carter and he showed LeBron. What's goody, man? Hey, bro, we're blessed. Hopping, hey, man. we up there. We're, that that we're is there. ultimate yes, blessing. But just like, like we how, made it, we can say we just made like it. how my boy game. Mark, my boy Mark from Supreme Dreams, bro, when he did that LeBron skit and LeBron treated yeah. about it, bro, I know he was geeked. I would have right. been geeked my damn self. Of course, having getting the attention from LeBron in general, like no homo, but in general, the fact that you get attention from LeBron, you get recognized by LeBron, that says a lot. No matter what, not you even do. just that, like, but yeah. he. Like if you remember the one uh the video that he made where he was blocking layups and he had the whole lock the whole Lakers team was watching the drill and dying laughing, bro. That joke was hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I remember that. That little, that <laughs> little satire he does, yeah. That joke was too skits. funny. Yeah, that joke was crazy. But all right, we're gonna close it off with yeah. this one thing. I know Evan is gonna feel sudden way. I feel so even talking about this. The Wizards have been just just Every negative word you could think of, we're getting towards halfway through the se- the halfway point of the season is coming up. Do you think? Do y'all think Riley Bill is going to end up being traded? Do you think it's going to happen? Because we didn't think John Wall was going to get traded, and it happened. So, you think if things keep progressing the way they're going, you think that it's finally going to be time for this man to be traded? You think it's going to be fine I mean, for the sun like, to leave the city? I feel like it depends on how February goes, for real, for real. Because um, 
this is starting out an awful lot like 2016-17 where, like, we got off to a bad start. Everybody thought that we should trade John Wall and then next thing you know, boom, we get hot. And then now, now all of a sudden you look up and we won 49 games. So it could be like that. Or it could just continue to spiral. You never know. But honestly, I just think it's messed up how we're finally, like, recovering from COVID. We finally returned from practice today. But the NBA expects us to play Milwaukee on Friday. Like, first game out of COVID and you throwing Giannis at us. Really? That's how you feel? Yeah, that's Adam, not fair. That's Ain't how no, you feel? <laughs> ain't nobody stopping see, Giannis see, on our team. See, bro. look, Adam, you, you, Adam, you and me going to have to have a conversation about that one because – First game back from COVID, and you throwing Giannis at us. Bro, what did we do to you? <laughs> Not for real, bro. Like, that game, I'm scared because that boy Giannis is about to eat. But that man about to barbecue chicken the whole team. It's not even going to be funny. But honestly, and I feel like no, – No Rui and yeah, no Denny either. They both in the health and safety protocol. It's no Rui Wait, really? and no Denny. Yes. Really? I thought it was only one. I didn't think it was both. No, it's both of them. They both in the health and safety Bruh. protocol. So we're we gonna have Bradley. We're gonna have Bradley Bill, um, Raul Neto, and that's about it. Bruh, Bradley Bill about to be running the damn three, bro. They about to put this man at the small forward, bro. Jesus Christ. But speaking on the Bradley Bill trade, honestly, if let's like Evan said, let's see how February goes. If the Woods do kind of get their things together, if we get in the rhythm. I don't think it will happen. But if we really are kind of just bottom of the barrel of the league, like I see it going, because the reason why I don't see it right now. Yeah, I don't see the reason why I don't see it really getting better, because what we're definitely going to have to make a trade. Like we would we would need to make a trade for that even comeback to even happen. We would basically need to get a defender on the wing. But how are we going to get how are we going to do that trade? We're not trading Rui. We're not trading Denny. No. I know that for sure. It, it, it wouldn't even make sense. We're not trading those two. Thomas Bryan is out for the season. Yeah, no, nobody would take him. He, he's right. out. For, yeah. Like, so it's just like Bradley Bill is legit the only trade asset the Woodrow's have to either, I would even say even get better, just to get some assets in, in return just to finally start the rebuild. And the thing and is, as it, much it, as it hurts, yeah. I, 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 I don't want it to happen, but if it really gets that bad, they, they might as well trade him, bro. Let, let my boy go free. Yeah, because it's like, I really don't want it to happen either, but we could actually get, so if we actually become open to a trade, Bradley Beal, like you said, is the, the main one who, who could gather interest. So we could get something for Bradley Beal. There are so many ways that we could, that we could do like that we could do that trade and it would end up working for us. I oh, just yeah, definitely, really, bro. I just really hope that we don't a rush the trade or b botch it like we did did the Kelly Oubre trade. I don't even think there's even a way to botch it because Valley Bill is a hot commodity. Like there's many teams that would line up to get him that would trade assets to get Valley Bill. So I don't think that as as long as DC doesn't pick a stupid trade. We, I think we could definitely get a lot of good stuff back for Bradley Beal. Because Bradley Beal is a top five shooting guard in the league. I don't care what people say. He's top five at his position. So definitely there will be a whole bunch of teams with great assets, draft picks, young players 
and expire contracts that we could get in return for Bradley Bill. And I, I just think it's going to happen because I just don't see the team getting much better. I definitely see an improvement because, you know, there's a lot of teams that are starting off bad and they're starting to get the rhythm now because, you know, the first 10 games is over. Offenses are set in place. Defenses are set in place. So there's a lot of teams that are starting to get the groove now. So I see us not being like bottom barrel of the Eastern Conference, like 14 or 15, but I see us we not should at least a make it team. in a we should at least make it in the play-in games because it's 10 teams now for every yeah. conference. Yeah, like but, if we're the 10th still, seed, I can see that. Yeah, but still though, I feel like we were actually starting to get like to get into rhythm right before COVID because you see the way we demolished the Suns. Yeah. I remember. That was the last game we played before COVID. So I remember Bradley that, Bill so was legitimately going to drag. At this point, the basketball guys just hate us. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out what we did to make them this mad. But we had this conversation outside the pod. We said, "But DC sports is just curse." <laughs> like in terms of basketball and football, like NBA and NFL, we are cursed. actually. I can't. I can't even really say nothing bad about watching the football team at this. I point. mean, yeah, like, of they, course, definitely. Washington like, I mean, team, like, they, they, they surpassed everybody's expectations. So it's like, and and even though we, even though Washington football team lost in the first round, it wasn't even the. We ain't even go out the way everybody thought we would. Everybody right. thought we was gonna get ran out the building, but no, no, no. but, but we get fight. we gave Tom Brady a fight, so can't even say nothing bad about the team. Yeah, it's just like the Wizards have always, in my opinion, I feel like the Wizards have been a cursed franchise because it's so crazy how we're in the year twenty twenty one. Just four years ago, the Wizards were a up and coming, true genuine contender, like you just said. They the 2017 like, season, we won Wizards. almost we won 50 40, games. Or was that games. We won the Wizards got robbed that one playoff series when they called that shot back from Paul Pierce. That's what the Wizards got oh, robbed. Oh, yeah, it's 2015. That was Atlanta. I was pissed off when like they called that back. The Hawks didn't deserve it that year, bro. They did like, not really at all. It's like even saw like what's the name Demary Carroll's face, bro. Like even when the uh I forgot who was interviewing Demary Carroll though, but yeah, at the time it's like he even looked like surprised himself they went that game. I'm like, bro, they know dead more they don't deserve it. I was watching the game with my father during the time and everything. We just like turned the game off fast. I'm just like, yeah, the Hawks, they don't deserve it. Like, I'm not even like a Washington fan though, but the fact that the Wizards, like a hometown team, was getting so much hype and was actually like, you know, getting you know, like doing good in the playoffs, and then it came down to a final, it came out to a shot clock violation, bro. And like that's how their season ended. And it haven't been really done nothing ever since then. I was like, dang, bro. That actually, I really felt the pain of Paul Pierce's face when, like, that shot got called back. Because they were like, they really should have won that series. It really sucks, bro. Like, I don't oh, care man. what anyone says. We beat the Hawks. We're taking a game or two from Cleveland. We're not getting swept. Because you got to think, but people have to, Definitely. like, just to remember, that Cleveland team wasn't fully healthy. Kevin Love had gone down in the first round. Kyrie was basically, he only played two games of that Hawks series. So he would have only played two games against us. We would have definitely got two games off the damn Cavaliers. Most definitely, because we were fighting against them and giving them competitive games at full strength. So you're telling me you're going to give a Wizards team that us beating Atlanta, we would have been elated because Atlanta is in our division. <laughs> like, we would have been a beat a division team. Would have made it easy to find. You're telling me we're not going to get two games? We would have definitely got two games off of Cleveland. So that's the thing that pisses me off so much about that damn series, the way it ended. We beat the Hawks. We're getting those two games. We're proving to the world that, yes, 
the Wizards are a team here to stay. And like I was just saying, it's crazy how it was just four years ago. Four years ago was 2017. We won almost 50 games. We took the Celtics to seven games. And literally the only reason we lost that seven game is literally because Kelly Olenek. Fuck ass Kelly, Kelly Olenek. I remember no that series. He decided to drop damn near 30 points. For no reason. For I mean, no mind reason. that was the year Isaiah Thomas was going off too, though. Isaiah Thomas had a big factor. He just Oh no, 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 no. Of course. IT was the dog, but yeah. that game seven was literally up in the air. Anybody could have won that game. It could have right, went honestly. our way, it could have went the Boston way. So we're More just one of times, or I kind of missed that series. You know, 2017 NBA playoffs. And the crazy thing times, is, or, that was the best yeah. series. That was the best series of that whole playoffs. It was, remember, though. I remember that was the playoffs it. where yeah. the Golden State Warriors literally only lost one game, and that was in the finals. And basically, right. the Cavs basically ran through the East. So that Wizards-Boston Celtics series in the second round was the best series of that entire playoff. The only entertaining thing, yeah, like, that really kept you interested. Because I remember back at Bowie State, we were like, oh, we used to keep uh, track of that series and everything. We were just looking at Isaiah Thomas going off. Of course, he was getting all the big hype. Hype and everything. So that was definitely like one of the best series of like 2017 when it comes to the NBA as far as play uh playoff was. Yeah, man, but it is just crazy how just a few years ago the Woods was truly an up and coming team. And just and looking everything. about it's just damn. It's, it's just it's trying to get better. Yeah, it's just like it's like a lot of just management. You know, like at the end of the day, if management isn't good. Like your the organization ain't going to be good. You have everything down on paper, like all the good names on paper, but it goes to show you're not to utilize things. We and had, like how to manage things. It's right. just going to go downhill. We had one of the best cores in the NBA, but then we decided to fucking over. We had to overpay Auto Porter because of damn Brooklyn. The Auto Porter contract was ridiculous. Honestly, mm-hmm. drafting Auto Porter. Whole auto porter thing, you know, and then not even it, just it was that. Just like disaster, like it was. Just we had, we should have just let this man go to Brooklyn. We should just let him go, yeah, but because yeah, we had yeah. Boji and Kelly Olynyk. Sorry, why is that Kelly Oubre? <laughs> That's a killer. <laughs> if we had Kelly Oubre and Bo Donovich, we would have been fine. We did not need to keep auto porter. Like we, we I would have been preferred of us keeping Bogey, Boji, and then keeping Kelly Oubre. We would have been fine. Because in my opinion, I think Bogdanovich, like I said, you see the way he's kind of came out. He balled out of Indiana, and he's playing pretty good in Utah right now. Like, so that all the, overpaying all the Porter was truly the beginning of the end of the, of the Woods' ascendance in the Eastern Conference. Bro. So it's, it's really just crazy. But do you guys have anything else to add before we close out for today? I want to send a message to the people of Washington, D.C. I want y'all to go outside tomorrow, wear a mask, obviously, wear a mask, and just enjoy being outside, like, with nothing shut down. Enjoy downtown D.C. Because after everything y'all have been through, the people that live in D.C. and have to work in D.C., y'all earned a day to just enjoy the fresh air. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, shout out to Joe Biden and Carmela Harris, you know, I was talking to my mother earlier, just saying that I actually felt better today and she felt better today. Just knowing that the, the future is bright, you know, just the atmosphere to me felt better. Even when I was at work, it's just, it's the fact that we know we actually have a future. We actually finally got through this mess and everything. Of course, it's like it's still mess, but change has finally happened. It seemed like it would never happen. 
of course, that's how bad the enemy can be. It can seem like it's literally impossible to really get overcome, like, you know, being like in a bad situation, like it's just like living wise and just, you know, what's going on with the world. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the fact that Kamala Harris is the first African-American woman to uh, become a vice president, it goes to show this country is evolving and it still is hope. And you really have to just be happy. Like if you're in a, having like maybe a bad day or something or just like in a bad mood, just know that things are getting better. So about the effort you put in, no matter what you're doing, you can uprise any obstacle that comes in your way, no matter the odds that are against you, whether you feel like you're being blackballed or like, you know, being like ashamed or you're being like, people put interference to your plans, you know? You know, get up and just like go out and do what you love. Like, don't let people put fear into your plans. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris goes to show they weren't letting like no one put fear into them. So, yeah, shout out to them. And just, I'm just happy the inauguration like happened in a successful way. And everyone is safe in DC today. And there was no mess. All right. This is my voice. This is my note to the people of America. We are headed in a proper direction. Like I said, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they are definitely going to be the beginning of that. What we need to do, we need to also pitch in because we are not going to make this country the great country that it should be and fix all the mess that Trump has enabled in this country without everybody taking a step forward, without everybody pitching in doing their best to improve the country we live in, man, because regardless of, you know, where you come from, your, your ethnic group and everything, this is our land. This is our place we call home. Like I said, history was made. Kamala Harris, the first female vice president, the first female of non-white descent, too, to be in a high-ranking position, position of office. Great, beautiful things also speaks to the empowerment of women in the last 10 years. Great. Awesome. We just have to do better. Simply as that. And I know that everything seems <clears throat> we're probably in one of the darkest times in the history of the country, but we all have to keep our heads lifted and keep pursuing the goal of making everything great. No matter what, no matter what's going on in your life, you know, it could be crazy. I know people that said lost their jobs. There's people out here losing their homes. People out there losing health care. There's so many crazy things going on. But if you have a home to go to to lay your head, if you have a job that you're making some money from, you're able to get from point A to point B without any issues. You're blessed. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and continue to strive for greatness. Right. So we are out. It's been a lovely, lovely episode as always. It's been a vibe. Love all you, appreciate you, all you listeners. You guys are the reason we keep doing this. And catch you on the flip side. Stay blessed. Stay whole. Shalom. With that. Hello, everybody. Again, thank you for listening to 310 podcast we highly appreciate you all of our twitters are in the description and also we just started a ig page just search 31 outlet on ig <laughs> instagram and you'll find us and also we are available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, radio stitcher all the major platforms and
podcast producer. Oh, we are available. We are popping. Trying to get the numbers up. Trying to get the name out there. So spread it with your friends, your family, your loved ones. And we appreciate it. Jesus. All right. You guys have a beautiful week.